bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 30. And man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these episodes and the great positive feedback from these from you guys, the listeners, has been phenomenal. If you still need to check out any of the past episodes, do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one, which is now available everywhere and anywhere you get your podcast nowadays. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Pandora, Listen Notes, Google Podcasts, with many more to choose from to listen to past episodes with some awesome guests. It is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside the local community support in the sport of motocross. And let me tell you guys, we are a part of an awesome sport. And I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in to this week's episode here on the Imperative MX podcast. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing, all the way to professional and everything in between. With that, there are a good amount of talking points to chat about within this episode. First, We will get into some local races this past weekend that happened, and there's a lot to talk about within that. And, of course, the upcoming races within the next couple of weekends to look forward to. We will have a call-in from the winner of the 450 class this past weekend at Silver Valley for their third annual $20,000 AB shootout. Local North Carolina native Jacob Hayes will call in to speak about the weekend local southeast motocross racing working within the industry his professional background in the sport and of course much more then we will have a call in from ryan smith the owner of lake sugar tree mx to speak about this upcoming weekend's 21st annual halloween bash what goes into an event like this what you riders spectators can expect for this weekend track changes and much more from both guests coming up here shortly. And then finally, we will wrap it up with some press releases that were released this week on the professional side. And of course, you guys already know, so much more we'll get into within this episode. Make sure to check out our social medias by searching Imperative MX on Instagram. And we just reached over 8,000 followers on Instagram, and we greatly appreciate that. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Threads, and TikTok channel if you have not already done so. And thank you guys so much for supporting us on all of our social media platforms as we continue to grow. And make sure to check out the Patreon. If you have not, the link will be down in the description wherever you are listening to this podcast. And we appreciate everybody that's been supporting us on the Patreon account as well. And before we talk any further, we have to say thank you to all the sponsors here on board the Imperative MX podcast. West Virginia Motorsports. FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Mika Metals, Total Control Racing Suspension, and PR Motorsports. We will get more into each of these awesome companies behind us here in just a bit. 
And don't forget to check out imperativemx.com when you get a chance. Many new things are in the works right now. So be on the lookout for ex some exciting things coming to the website shortly. And, of course, make sure to check out the forum. We have a local forum on there where you guys can go and post and make your own profile and follow each other, post some pictures, all that. So go and check out imperativemx.com if you have not already done so or when you get the chance. And, of course, support the ones that support the sport, like these companies helping us out with this podcast to bring you these weekly episodes. And, of course, helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast, the highly likable, knowledgeable, your District 29 2011 C-Class champion co-host, Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? What is happening, bro? Man, we got a lot to talk about within this episode, man. It is uh, it is fun. We just came back from the Silver Valley MX Park 3rd Annual AB $20,000 shootout. And, man, we got a lot to talk about. And, uh, man, we have a lot to talk about within this episode with the, with the uh, two awesome guests that we have, for sure. Oh, dude. I'm uh, I'm super excited about this episode, dude. Like, dude, this past weekend was like it was it was sweet, dude. And, you know, the vibes was awesome, racing was awesome, and um, I mean, we can talk to Jacob Hayes and Ryan Smith, especially about this weekend, the Halloween bash. So, we got some good talks about to happen. Absolutely. And before we get started, we have to say thank you to West Virginia Motorsports. If you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at. West Virginia Motorsports, or their brand-new shop in Whitfield, Virginia, titled Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a new or pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, scooter, or anything motorized in that matter, stop by Princeton, West Virginia, their West Virginia Motorsports location, or their brand-new location in Whitfield, Virginia, called Virginia Motorsports. And don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or Virginia Motorsports alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride and don't forget to get those oil and air filters on the way out and heavy d please dear god don't catch them on fire no no don't don't do that um luckily i'm glad nobody's done that so far i mean it'd have been terrible for somebody to do that like this past week on a heck even like tomorrow don't do it don't do it yeah don't don't do anything crazy with your air filters you need those dad will be pissed don't do that. Man, I tell you what, oh, Heavy D, we had an amazing weekend and first, like we always do here on the Imperative MX Podcast. We're going to talk about local motocross racing here in the southeast part of the United States. Races this past weekend, races this upcoming week weekend, and races in the near future for you guys to attend and to look out for. And first, Heavy D, man, Silver Valley MX Park, third annual $20,000 AB shootout. And, of course, it was the final round for the NCMX series. Man, talk to me about it. I was there as well, but I'll give you the floor. You talk about it a little bit. Well, first off, like, the commentary was awesome. Like, you was you was putting down on the mics. Um, I, I started off like that. Like, you, my guy was throwing down on the microphone. Um. Dude, it was it was sweet, dude, man. I honestly what I loved, um like of course you know they turned the track around this year. And um man, even Friday for practice, like, dude, it was it was sweet, you know, even though I got there a bit late. Yeah, you were you were but, a couple of hours late, Heavy D, but you did yeah. bring me Chick fil A, so thank you very much for that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I was a, I was a tad bit late there, you know. I was a tad bit late, but <laughs> then I got there. It was sick, you know. That was sick. Pit bike racing was insane. Whip contest was all time. Like, I thought that was so sweet, man. Like, to see like those guys go ahead at a whip contest and then at the end see how see how pumped everybody was for the winter, dude. That was that was pretty awesome. I and him holding up the AR-15 was pretty badass why everybody was revving like that was full-fledged America like I don't know about you but that was pretty sweet oh yeah man it was uh it was a great time and um of course we have that big leap that's going up the hill and actually on the Silver Valley Instagram page we're looking for names for that uh big leap and man I tell you what it is a booter going up the hill uh for sure and Dude, those guys were absolutely sending it going up that hill. And Matty Silva, I will give him all the credit in the world. He told everybody on the third lap he was going to hit it, and he sure enough, damn it, man, he hit that thing third lap. And as soon as he as soon as he did it, he came back around the next time and held up the number three. Like he uh, he hit it on his third lap, and man, that was so freaking sick, man. That jump was all 450 could have nearly, and damn everything on a 250 just to clear that dude it was it was insane bro like i wish i could have i mean i got the video when maddie hit it third lap around like everybody had cameras out when he said he was gonna do it a third lap so of course i got the snapchats of it oh yeah but but bro like watching them stretch it out on 250s and like 450s and dude it was insane like maddie was he was the first one to hit it. he did it on the third lap Colt Lackey tried it on an 85. Yeah, we like, got to give it up to that guy. He he definitely <laughs> hit his head on the bars, and definitely his uh, lower section of his body was probably feeling it for sure. But we have to give it out to him for at least trying the 100 and – what do we think, 130, 135 feet? Yeah, if, you, if the top of it is like 120, 125, you downside it is about 150. Oh, dang. So, yeah, because, it was a big Because hunt. the landing is 60 foot. The landing is 60 foot tall. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a lot bigger than what we really think it is for you just to grease it. But for an 80 to, you know, try that or a 105, whatever he was on, and that run-up was pretty short even for 250s. You know, they were struggling. Kilroy and some of those guys weren't even jumping it on uh, on Sunday because it was such a huck. Um, but, yeah, man, that, that was sick. Uh, I entered myself into the pit bike race. And that was a lot of fun. Um, I was telling everybody to get the hell out of the way. I got to move my way on up through the field. But I tell you what, man, it was it was fun. I, I hate to hear about uh, Austin Webb getting hurt. I know he wanted to race on Sunday, and it was unfortunate. Hopefully uh, he heals up pretty quick. I talked to him a little bit on Sunday. Uh, he was out there to support his dad and to support all of his friends as well. Uh, so hope uh, Austin gets to – feeling better on that leg but yeah man it was a it was an awesome time doing the pit bike racing announcing practice watching everybody get the uh track down pat and let me tell you that whip contest i was the guy pointing to the riders to hold on a second let this guy go and uh so i was kind of the coordinator for the whip contest contend uh contenders and, uh, man, it was Grayson Watkins that came away with it. And I tell you what, Heavy D, on that back tabletop, my man would go up and sit and just straight turn the bars. And 
man, laid it completely down, and uh, man, it looked uh, it looked really good. So he definitely deserved it for sure. But uh, and he got the AR-15. He went right down to the gun shop and got it right afterwards. And uh, yeah, man, it was uh, it was such a really cool event and um, and everything on uh, on Friday for sure. And then you came and stayed at Pop's house with me. And we had a good uh, good time at Chili's. We saw Jacob Glenn and uh, and Devin Simonson and um, what was the other rider's name? Heavy D, I forget off the top of my head. It wasn't Jordan Renfro, was it? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm, uh, he's probably gonna smack me the next time he sees me. But um, I think he's gonna smack both of us because I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. So that's a free smack for both of us. But regardless. Uh, we had a good uh, little dinner with them. They were finishing it up as we were uh, sitting down, and we did not plan that at all. We were just trying to go back to Pops' house, and we saw the Chili's, and we were like, yep, we're taking a right. We're going straight in the Chili's. <laughs> and sure enough, we saw the Glenn FXR van. And, uh, yeah, man, we had a good uh, had a good dinner. And, uh, yeah, man, we got, to, we got to bed pretty late up at 5 o'clock in the morning to start driving our, ourselves uh, on Saturday. And I tell you what. It was. It went down at the local national on uh, on Saturday. Heavy D. Oh, bro, it went down, and dude, I couldn't have been more stoked, man. It was, man, for the local scene, I I think it's good, and and to see like how much those guys loved it and the feedback, it's it's only going to get better, dude. Like, I cannot wait for next year yeah next year's event is going to be off the hook and apparently we got some big plans that are going to go into there if you guys heard last week's pod maybe can get a verb moto and a imperative mx collaboration i heard jacob hayes uh the winner and then we'll actually have him on here uh shortly but uh there's a lot of people that want to help out that race for next year and i think it's going to get um even better but yeah it was jacob hayes taking the win followed by rod bell justin rod bell and henry miller Rod Bell was dealing with an Achilles injury all year, and um, yeah, this was kind of one of his first races back, um, and so I know he was kind of hurting there towards those last couple of motos, but he dug it out and got a second overall in that 450 class, and of course, Henry Miller flew all the way out uh, to come to the event this year, and uh, we appreciate all three of those guys and everybody that was in the pro class coming out. It was a it was a really really awesome race, especially in that second 450 moto. I mean, all six of those guys: Rod Bell, Miller, Hayes. I mean, all of those guys. There was like six of them there um, throughout that entire second moto, and even in the first motos, man. That first moto, Henry Miller was on a mission. He was all the way in the yes. very back of that group. And, man, he put his head down, and he charged himself all the way up to second and nearly passed Jacob there on the uh, on the last lap, but Jake was able to get it. But, yeah, that was the top three in the 450 class. And, uh, of course, in the 250 class, uh, Preston Kilroy ended up taking the win. Henry Miller got second, and Justin Rodbell rounded out your podium in that 250 class, had uh, interviewed all three of them, um, you know, all three in those classes there. Towards the end of the day, once they uh, – got their trophies and stuff and that was really cool to talk to all of them but man they put on a hell of a race um you know 20 minutes plus one lap in each one of those motos so they had to do four 20 minute plus two lap motos and man that's got to be brutal but we had we had some awesome racing throughout oh bro like what what's intriguing is man you had like all those guys like henry 
Dude, that first he came out of nowhere. He came from no man's land. Yeah. And was rolling. And dude, yeah, it was he, Simonson, Preston Kilroy, Jacob, Rob Bell, and Henry. And Trevor Nelson, dude, I ain't gonna lie, that was the best I've seen him ride. Like yeah. I don't I don't know about you, but he, he was ripping. Yeah, he was like, he was ripping that that moto before his uh bike broke. Unfortunately, dude, he was he was coming. He was he was on the way. That's for sure. Yeah, dude, like a thousand percent. But honestly, what I'm so pumped about is like that goes to show. Like Henry flew in, Rod Bell just come off a you know Achilles injury. Kilroy's been racing like crazy. Like he had to be smoked. Yeah, Simonson he just got he just like, got done whipping up the two stroke class and the two fifty at the Top Gun Showdown the past weekend. Yeah, dude. Like he he, I know he had to be smoked, dude. Like Simonson's been like he ain't even ridden moto. He's been focusing on Supercross. Um, Henry's been focusing on WSX. Like it was just a last minute ordeal for him to fly out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Jacob, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say Jacob, like. Man, he just like flew in the race set. He ain't racing. I don't know how long. Yeah, yeah. He did. He did Loretta's uh, this year, and I think that's about it. As far you know, he'd probably he, he obviously had to do the areas and regionals, but yeah, he did Loretta's, and then yeah, got on a borrowed bike just like Henry Miller. Uh, they both flew in and got on borrowed bikes from um, from their buddies and uh, you know the people that are helping them. And man, they were able to put it down that's for sure and heavy d you got some jerseys oh yeah you know i i racked up on some for when we um we get the studio going because honestly dude like the reason i i wanted to get them like i i, I know a ton of pros i've been around a bunch of them uh, uh, good buddies with a lot of them and like i always say not to discredit any of them but like dude i, I love the local scene you know what i mean like i think we all do right and like, you know, you know, Thad and them, everybody over Silver Valley, like, they, they put that together. Like, they want to see it grow, but they, they want to help out, like, a bunch of the privateer guys, you know, that don't really get to make a lot of money in the higher ranks. That's right. Um, And they're trying to shine some light and help these other up-and-coming kids get in the mix and help them see what it's like at the next level. Yep. And, like, I, I, I'm, I didn't get all of them. I got a bunch of them. Like, I got Rob Bell. Uh, Rob Bell's going to send one. But I got Kilroy, Jacob, um, Henry, um, Maddie, uh, Simonson, and another one, I think. I only got one more. I can't remember who it Man, was. Man, you racked up, Heavy D. But, like, the thing is, like, I, I want I want to put them in the studio because those, like, they mean something because those are the guys that's like, all right, no matter what they – they they came out to support that race. Right. And what for me, like, it's a lot of guys and a lot of kids that are up and coming and they say they want to be good. They say they want to do this, they want to do that. But when you got somebody that puts up money and, and puts an event like that together and tries to help these kids, also they don't want to show up. Like, okay, you can drive to Florida or somewhere else to go ride Gatorback for uh, a weekend, but you don't want to come mixed up with these guys that's at that next level right? and support your local track. Like, for me, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, so that, like, for them to, like, give those jerseys, like, that's a memory for me. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe I mean, it probably is a you as well, you know, because, I mean, Henry and Jake, they flew over here just to come race that. Yeah. Like, they didn't have to do it. No, but, but they do it. They do it because they they love that they love that race, and they've been there before. They know what it's about. It is the local national, even though this year didn't get as gnarly as last year. But those guys were whooped. I I, I even texted Simonson um, Sunday morning and asked him how he was feeling. He was like, "Dude, I'm sore. Like I'm sore." So you know, those guys definitely got you know the local national feel. It might have not have you know have been as gnarly as. As years previous, we had a lot of wind, and so that dried the track out real quick. And um, and of course, we didn't get the uh, the nightly rainstorm that we got last year, and had to push off mud during uh, during you know before uh, and during practice uh, like we did last year. But still, it put on a great race, and I know even the the local uh, guys and girls that come out. Um, I heard even some of them say, man, that track is so gnarly and it's, and it's, you know, so much gnarlier than most tracks around. And they feel like it is good practice, especially with, uh, the real long ruts and how gnarly those breaking bumps get. You get, you know, a couple of sawdust sand sections and, uh, some big jumps. And I'm sure that, um, everybody that has told me said that they had a really good time and they put on a really good event. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, they were all they all were stoked on it and dude i love the fact that like you know like even since kilroy's been over here he came last year when he first got to the carolinas and he came back again this year yeah you know simonson he didn't have to come he, he still did jake definitely didn't have to henry didn't have to i mean rob bell like dude achilles injury is gnarly right like yeah and he he still came and did it like and god like they like i said they were all smoked but they came out there, and it's like, why would you not not want to? Why wouldn't you want to go mix it up with those guys? Yeah. Like, I mean, they they've all been there, and they're still doing it at a high level. You know, I mean, Jacob's been there; he's a rent-across champ, won a lot of amateur titles. Rob Bell, bad dude in the outdoors, still rips his Supercross. Simonson has made Supercross mains. What has he got? A, a, a seventh and an eighth and. A 350 and a 450 main event, which is insane. Yep. Kilroy, like amateur champion, still like making supercross mains and like top 15, top 10 in outdoors. I mean, you. There's some bad I dudes just, that come out to that race yeah, every dude. single year, and we need more. We need more um, guys to come and and mix it up. Come out now to the local national and see what it's all about. See if you can get some cash. The top eight got cash. So, yeah, come on out. Like it, it to me, honestly, I don't even think it was so much about the money. That's just a dude. That's a golden opportunity. Like no matter how you look at it, I don't care. Go to a training facility. I don't give a damn. Excuse my friend. I don't give a damn how much you train. It will never amount to riding with those dudes. That's right. Because I can assure you, I I put, dude, I put my car on it. Like these kids in amateur race that wouldn't have touched those dudes out there this past weekend. Nope, but it would have been a great, great practice, great racing exactly. practice, you know. We always say here on, mm -hmm. the, on the podcast, there's nothing like getting gate drops, and especially with those guys that are going to be on the track, the same, you know, you're racing with those guys, and that's where, if you're a B rider, that's where you're trying to be. You're trying to beat those guys, and you're going to have to beat those guys whenever you get to the professionals, so why not start early? Exactly. Like, I look at it like this. 
If you can go and beat them this past weekend, you can go win an amateur championship. Period. That's right. Yep. No matter what the track is. I mean, because that track did get gnarly. Like I, like I said, it mm-hmm. wasn't as gnarly as years past, but those guys came off the track huffing and puffing. They were still on it. And, I, and I'm telling you, man, those battles, they went down all the way to the end. Um, those top six, eight guys, they were all within, you know, um, a straightaway or two of each other. And, man, it was a, it was a great event. And we want to thank Thad and the entire uh, crew out there that was watering and track prepping all the way up until 9 o'clock or so. Whenever me and you left Heavy D, they were still watering and still plowing and still refacing and all of that. And as soon as you got there in the morning, you went straight to the dozer and started getting to work. So we appreciate you and your help uh, with the race. And, of course, I got to call all of the action, and that was uh, that was fun. And, uh, man, it was, uh, it was a great event like they normally do. And, of course, uh, appreciate everybody at the NCMX series since that was the last round of the series. So um, congratulations to all of the NCMX uh, winners and series winners on the uh, on the year. They're, uh, they're champions, Heavy Ds, uh, especially leaving that track. Uh, you got to feel like a champion. Oh, dude. That, I mean – they was what two eleven, two twelve lap times in the open all star class. Yep, somewhere right around in there is like from two oh nines to like two thirteens or so, and it was what two over two miles long. The track was heavy D. Yeah, dude, it was it was insane. That's gnarly, man. <laughs> that that's that that hurts me even even thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? Like that hurts my legs thinking about it. Oh, bro, that's I can. I can see why they were smoked when they got done. Like that was just one of those like survival of the fittest. Like going as hard as you can, but survival at the same time. I tell you what, all that work that you guys put in put in at the training facilities, it will show right there. So come on out for next yeah. year, man. The local national, catch the fever. I like that. I like that. Yeah, you like that. You did something right there. You you just did something. I don't know if you realize it, but you just did something. Hey, I'm telling I'm telling you, man. If you guys are gonna work at the training facilities and you guys think you're badass, come on out to the local national. We'll see what type of badasses you guys are. Matter of fact, let, let's put it like this. I, I'm gonna say it like it, it ain't even disrespect. No, it it's it, not it's not in it, any way disrespect that I'm saying. I'm no. like, man, come on, like if you like, know, come on. <laughs> All the trainers at the training facilities, if y'all believe it is so good and they should be there, and there's no, conv- let, tell these kids to get out there. Make them get out there. Say, you need to go race this. If y'all are, if, I want to know who is the, if the training facility is so badass and that's where these kids need to be and it's working, send them out there. D- that's what you, send them out there. Yep. Send them out there and see what that training is doing for them. That's right. See if more training is better than more gate drops. That's right. And and that's why we're saying no disrespect, but, hey, bro, you're going to have to get to that point eventually where you're going to have to put the hammer down, and these national tracks are, you know, no joke. So come on out to the local national or start going to some of these local races. If you have nothing to yeah. do on the weekends, man, instead of just chilling, going fishing, things like that, go and get some race craft. Go and race. And that's exactly. not even for our series. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, that's no. any local series that you guys are near. Like, go go out and support the local scene. You guys grew up there. Go and hang out. Go and have fun. There's mm-hmm. probably kids there that will probably want your autograph if you're up there. You know what I'm saying? And that's even for, 
You know, yep. I'm talking about not even the A and B class riders. I'm speaking about the super mini 65, the 50s. Like, All of it. come on out, man. Like, you know, people are going to, you know, if you're going to want to try and go somewhere in this sport, people are going to, you know, they're going to look to see what you're doing, you know? Like, I, I, I want to say this. I see a lot of, I see a lot of kids post all these social media talk. Been working so hard at the facility. Can't wait for this. Like, if you work so hard, why wait to see how you're going to do when you get to the national? Yeah, because it's going to show. On. It's going to show there. Exactly. Like, why, why don't you see if all them thousands of dollars you pay every month is actually paying off? It's something like what we was at this past weekend. And, like, I, I'm not saying this because I look through, like, it's Silver Valley. I mean, that goes for any track. Right. I, I'm saying it because it's like, you pay all this money. You you supposedly been working so hard. You want to go to Loretta's. You want to go to Minio's. Well, before you get there, why don't you go see where you stack up with some of this other competition? Don't look down upon any of these other kids because they're not there. Because I assure you, it's a lot. It's a lot of fast ones out there. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm just saying. Oh yeah. You know, I, I'm just. I mean, me personally, like don't don't just stay at the training facility and post on Instagram how hard you've been working. And then you can't wait. And then when it don't go right at the nationals, well, it just we're gonna go back to the drawing board and go back and work harder. Yeah, and I even mean, if you think that you're gonna go there and and you wax a competition, hey, you might wax a competition, but guess what? You could always fall in the, in the first turn and have to make your way through the pack and use a little exactly. bit of racecraft, or you know, you're gonna have to deal with adversity, rather at the local races or at the top amateur national races in the pros, like everybody. You know, nobody's perfect. And so you got to learn in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes you guys can get in a little groove at the at the training facility. So go out and support your mm-hmm. your local motocross series wherever you guys are at because, um, you know, those, those series are what you started at. And, you know, just like exactly. Jacob Hayes and all of these guys, you know, that came out this weekend – you know they're coming back to the series that they grew up racing so why can't you so and we're not just speaking just for the silver valley mx you know uh park race we're talking about you know any of the other ones um we just got on the subject because you know it is the silver valley ab shootout but um man yeah it was it was a great day of racing and man we had so much fun and uh appreciate hanging out with you and I know you had a. I know you had an absolute blast. So, anything else on the Silver Valley MX Park Third Annual uh, Twenty Thousand Dollar AB Shootout or the final round in the NCMX Series Heavy D? Oh, dude, it was, it was sick, and man, I just I can't wait for next year, dude. Like, for racing to start back up full fledged. You know, it was. I think it's gonna be even bigger. It, it'll be way better next year. Let me just put it like that. Like, you, you always push the. Uh, you know make stuff better and it was it's awesome every year but I think with Jacob Nam and a lot of other ones you know uh, it's, it's going to be even better and it, it goes to show like like we was talking about hit those local races I mean it's, it sounds crazy but I, that's why I think that's why Jacob won like that's all he did he raced so much it's unreal oh yeah it, and we're going to talk to him about it for sure because that yeah. really is what, what he did all the time growing up and yeah, sure enough, uh, man, it was a it was a great weekend. Um, also, this past weekend was the West Virginia State Championship at Tomahawk. 
and the uh, and the Mama Series. So congratulations to all of the state champions from West Virginia this past weekend. And of course, Heavy D, they had the Club MX Open House. Uh, a lot of people got to see the Supercross demo with all of the guys getting to hit the uh, Supercross track uh, for the first time and got to have some other activities going on there and ride all of the different tracks that they have and see at the facility. And I know everybody had a had a blast at all of the three races uh, this past weekend. And uh, races coming up this weekend, Heavy D, is Lake Sugar Tree's 21st annual Halloween Bash in round number 12 of the District 13 MX Series. And, of course, we're going to talk to track owner Ryan Smith here shortly to get all the details for that weekend. And also this coming weekend will be the uh, Mama MX round number 11 at Promised Land MX in Old Town, Maryland for their uh, their Halloween race. So if you guys are around that area, go and check out Promised Land MX and Mama MX Series round number 11. And, of course, upcoming races to keep an eye out for, Heavy D, the Mama MX Series final race of their series will be at NCMP November 11th and 12th, and it will be a good round to be at for the last local outdoor race of the year in the North Carolina area and before Minio. So come on out uh, November 11th and 12th to the NCMP Mama MX Series final race of the season. And you know that the Krusty Crew down there is going to have that track all dialed in come November 11th and 12th. Oh, absolutely. When Hey, when it's time... For the Krusty Crew to get in action, they make it happen. That's for sure. That's right. And, hey, Heavy D, that's all of the races that uh, are that happened this past weekend, what's going to happen this coming weekend, and, of course, races to look out for. But I tell you what, Heavy D, let's get a local North Carolina native, Jacob Hayes, here on the line. Let's do it. Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. For over 10 years, they've designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. Professionals and weekend warriors alike utilize the awesome graphics and decals. The highly acclaimed design team is well equipped to help their customers get the look they want in a short amount of time. And of course, they, they offer superior quality decals and top-notch designs at an affordable price for any budget. So make sure to use the code IMPERATIVEMX, all caps, no space, for 20% off your, or per, to use the percent off code to save you money on your next Dirt Industry custom graphics purchase, helmet wraps, banners, license plates, and much more. And of course, we would like to thank Dirt Industries Custom Graphics for bringing on our first guest of the night, your 2018 Amsoil Arena Cross champion and winner of this weekend's third annual Silver Valley MX $20,000 AB shootout. Jacob Hayes, what's going on, Jacob? Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I am uh, I'm back in California. I guess you could call it living the, living the California dream. But, uh, man, my body hurts. I'm, I'm getting old. Um, it took a lot out of me Saturday. There's a lot of big jumps. Right. Um, yeah, I was not doing that well Sunday. If you would have seen me Sunday, you would have been like, you you sure you, you're good? And I, I said, no, I, I'm not sure. So, <laughs> oh man, but uh, I'm just shake, shaking off, uh, shaking off a little soreness. Hey man, that's all. That's all good, man. And uh, I tell you what, thanks a lot for uh, for coming on uh, the uh, the podcast. And first, before we get into some local motocross talk, which 
I know that uh, we all want to talk about for sure. But you've been in California, obviously, for some uh, for quite some time now. Um, let the listeners know what you kind of been up to and what your uh, what your role going on out there. So, um, just kind of give a little short recap of my life over the past five years. It seems like it's gone by really, really quick. Right. Um, Arena Cross was a place that I just. I don't know. I guess you could say I found myself in arena cross because I ended my amateur career in 2011. Um, as a lot of people know, as maybe some people don't know, uh, you, you know, that, that pro contract is never guaranteed. Right. So I never got that, uh, that professional opportunity on a, on a, per, you know, professional team. Right. And, uh, just kind of lost my way in 12, 2012 and 2013. And then, um, <sighs> Myself and some local um, companies put together an effort to go race arena cross and, and kind of found myself at the beginning of 2014 um, and just kind of created myself a home in arena cross and just enjoyed every year that I raced that and um, everyone that I, I got to meet through there was was incredible and uh, ended up winning the title the last year that they had the Amsoil arena cross in 2018, which was a big goal of mine ever since I set out to do that. I, I finished second my rookie year to, to Bowers and um, I mean, you were even then there, Zach, you know, yeah. a lot of inspiration, um, from just watching you and you had gone and raced it years before that. And I knew not much of it. So, um, you know, it, it was, it was a great time and then moved to Supercross in 2019 and found myself with a, a bunch of top fives, which was, which was fun. But I think that's the part that people don't understand. And I still get this question today is GoPro or not GoPro, go race again, go, go race Supercross again. And it's like, man, if you're not on that box and um, consistently on that box and, and fighting for those podiums, you're not really making a whole lot of money to, right. um, to kind of support yourself, your family. And, um, you know, I kind of moved out West in 2019 and, and said, look, I, I got to make it happen. And um, I did the full year of Supercross and motocross and it went really well. And then, found myself on a, another team in, in 2020 cycle trader randomly kind of shut its doors down it wasn't the same effort that it was it's still there but it wasn't exactly the same and um i had a great supercross season going on the west coast uh, i was top five multiple times i was six in points when they went for the break and then uh, i found myself on the ground pretty hard and just jacked my body up i i shattered both my kneecaps um compound fracture to my femur uh, I had to go through six surgeries on my left femur, mm. um, broke my arm, um, and just uh, I had a lot of blood clots. So just kind of beat myself up right. um, and got through all that. And weirdly through that process, I I had signed with Wasserman Media Group to be um, kind of my – my managers uh, in 2020, um, Lucas Myrtle had come up to me at one of the Supercrosses, and we had some dinner and just talked, and just seemed like a really good idea and a good avenue for me. I, I needed some some help. I, I didn't feel like that I was able to handle everything the way that I would like to. Uh, I mean, you always try to have your relationships, and you always try to make sure your face is seen, but it also takes someone else beating down the back door sometimes right. um, as well. So. Um, I signed with those guys and I got hurt and just one thing led to another and, and Lucas was like, oh, you know, there's there's a job opening at Wasserman. Are you interested? And I was like, man, I haven't thought about life after racing. Um, if anyone has told you they have, they haven't. Right. Until it's, until it's there. <laughs> yeah. Until it's there. 
So um, I took the job interview because why the heck not? Right. And um, was super nervous. I never have done a job interview in my life. I mean, the only job interview is go out there and race for results, and hopefully they like what they see. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, yeah. So um, just laid it out all out there um, to Travis Clark, uh, which is now my boss, um, and just told him kind of my vision and what I had to offer and what I could bring to the table. And it called me like a month later and was like, dude, congrats, you got the job. And I'm like, wait, what? No really? way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, no way. Um, and started that journey in 21, June of 21. So, um, nice. I've been with Wasserman media group since then as, um, you know, an agent slash manager. Uh, I, I have a, a couple young kids right now in the amateur ranks, Landon Gordon, Revan Gordon, yeah. uh, Tiger Wood. Um, I have a Dakar slash rowdy rally racer, um, Skylar Howes. And then, um, myself and Lucas manage, uh, you know, the Lawrence brothers, Shimoda, Volan, Hymas, Kitchen, um, a, a number of guys. Right. So uh, it's it's a busy time, but it's it's been a good transition, and it still keeps me in the sport that I love. Yeah, no, no kidding. And man, that's uh, that's crazy. Some of that I didn't even know. I knew that you got hurt there pretty bad, but the b- whole backstory on how you got uh, this uh, agent manager job is uh quite interesting and i'm sure the listeners will uh will like that and man we had a good discussion about that and the lawrence brothers on uh friday afternoon after practice was done i came over there and chatted with you because man we grew up together you know we were in the same class and um you know you were obviously you know faster than me and i i I looked up to you man you were you were one of those local legends that's for sure at the uh at the local tracks and uh man you always had time for me and i i greatly appreciate all of that but Man, those Lawrence brothers and watching them ride uh, throughout the week and stuff, man, they're a different breed, huh? It's it's crazy to watch. Um, I, I even had to I had to pinch myself this this summer, just kind of being there throughout. I think I missed one national this summer. Um, so I mean, you you have to think about it. You you're literally witnessing greatness. Um, I mean, a 20 year old rookie uh, going 22 and 0 is I mean, it just didn't seem real. It just, I, you know, we never spoke about it. Um, and just everyone kind of just did did their deal on the weekend. And everyone, you know, knows their role within the camp, yeah. the Lawrence camp. And you just kind of just weekend to weekend. And I, and I know that's crazy to say. Uh, and it seemed, you know, it still even seems crazy to think about uh, how it went. But uh, just being able to be around um, athletes like that uh like jet and hunter and um you know their trainer johnny o'mara and and the dad darren lawrence and just everyone that's involved i mean the fact that i'm even able to to walk under the hrc rig is ah god (laughs) i you know it's kind of speechless you know what i mean and um i i think you know uh, people in life or just humans in general you you just kind of put your head down and 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 go to work I, i i think majority of us you can only forge forward you know what i mean and yep. you, you try not to take a backward step so when when i started this role i remember my first race was high point in 21 and i i i was scared to death to go into the honda rig i mean you right. know there's there's been some unreal people under that rig ricky carmichael you know Roxanne, um all those unbelievable guys so um i just i couldn't believe it and um 
to just kind of be around, like I said, the Lawrence's now it's, it's something, it's something special for sure. Very thankful and, and grateful. Yeah. And you're a fan of the sport, just like we are here on the, uh, here on the podcast. And yeah, man, even for me getting my media credentials, I got to see you at a couple of rounds and supercross and, and all of that throughout the year. And man, it was just awesome for me to be able to go up and, uh, you know, walk around the pits and get to see guys that, you know, I've looked up to and, I'm sure you're the same way. You looked up to a lot of these guys growing up as well, and it's crazy. You know, you can have a conversation with them now just like you were, um, you know, you were good friends, right? So it's uh, it's awesome to see and um, awesome what you're, you, you were able to do. You know, you were able to find that what you were looking for um, even after you were done racing to keep you involved, and I think that's the coolest thing since you are a big fan of the sport and your knowledge you know, exceeds a lot of, uh, a lot of other people. So I feel like that job opportunity was, uh, kind of made for you. And I think that that's why they chose you for sure. Um, but man, let's, uh, let's get to some local racing. You made your way back to your home soil of North Carolina to come out to this weekend, Silver, Silver Valley, third annual $20,000 AB shootout. And of course you came out the very first year. And like you said, on the podium, uh, Rod Bell kind of spanked everybody. Um, and then unfortunately you missed it last year. Um, but what made you want to come all the way from California out to this local race this weekend? Man, it just, um, and it was something that I, I, I really wanted to touch on on the podium and um, something that, that I think a lot of people could agree with that does go to Silver Valley and that has been there and has raced there and has met the, the family that, that runs the, the facility. Um, just the level of respect I have for for the whole family and then everyone that puts on that event in Silver Valley and even every time that I've been out there to ride, um, I'm just at all at how well he keeps up the the track, um, you know, the pits. I, I've never been there and been like, oh, this is a little rough. And it takes it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work to uh, to put all that together. And And man, I mean, I think we can all agree here. Thad does it because he loves to, not because anything else. And and man, like for me, to have someone that loves the sport that much and just wants to see a good event go on, I, I have to be there to support that. And you know, I was I was kind of devastated I couldn't make it in twenty 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 two because I was there for the first year and it was an incredible event. I like I knew it was going to be, and um, I I just as soon as it got kind of released or that they were going to do it again this year i just said i'll be there regardless of what i got to do and whatever i have to figure out i'll be there and um yeah i was there it was and again another great event um you know i was a little little nervous on the rain friday but uh mother nature did us well and um didn't dump down too bad so uh we had great conditions saturday and great racing yeah, no, for sure. And you were able to go one-one. Was there at any time during the last lap that you felt like you were under some pressure there because those guys were coming there on that final lap? Uh, you know, honestly, um, I didn't really know what to expect. I knew I wanted to win for sure. Right. Um, I knew Justin was going to be tough. Um, I love Henry, but you never know what you're going to get out of Henry. And, and I think he even told him on the line, "I'm like, dude, like." like you're nowhere to be found the whole race and then like the last three laps i'm like you're breathing down my neck so like yeah um and then you know even um heath heath was riding good kilroy was riding good um devin simonson was riding good i mean there there was a lot of 
a lot of guys out there riding good. Um, but I was fortunate enough to get off to two really good starts. And I knew if I could do that, um, I could control the race from the front, which is exactly what I was able to do. Um, that first one, I got really nervous um, <laughs> before the white flag, before you came up to the the big triple. Yeah. Um, it kind of funneled down after the wall jump, and um, I kind of got uh, – I, I could blame myself. I could blame the lapper. I, I, I made a poor decision and just stuck with the race line, but I was also in the lead, so I didn't want to give up the inside. Right. Um, and got stuck behind a lapper, and that allowed – Henry was coming anyways, but that allowed Henry really to get to the back of me. Right. Um, but I knew I, I had – once I did the triple all the way until I went to the back, I felt very confident in my lines and my speed on that side of the track yeah. that I could open up a decent enough gap to allow me to at least not have to block every corner coming into the final. Um, and then it just so happened, again, on the last lap, um, there was a lapper in the same line and I wasn't giving up the inside again and he almost came up the inside. Yeah. So I was able to kind of just barely nab that, that first moto and then the second moto. Um, I was able to put on a really good mid part of the race and kind of open up myself a, a four to five second lead and yep. was able just to kind of manage that all the way to the finish. I felt as the track got rougher and a little bit more um, – technical so to say yeah I, I felt like that kind of leaned into where i was able to pick up some time how did that how did that feel when you came over i saw you beating your chest yeah i just i <laughs> i was pretty dang tired i'm not gonna lie i haven't yeah. done a whole lot of riding recently and um it just you know just kind of tell myself i was proud of myself I yeah geez i, I had kind of rolled that thing in for um i think both motos were around 25 minutes total time yep um and yeah it was it was a push there was um there was a lot of chop out there and um that second moto man it was it was it was rough it was and um was it, it the local national it was yeah it, it was tough um it was a different tough too right uh, in 21 it was very soft and, and kind of mushy and in a lot of different ruts this year it was a lot of main ruts with a lot of chop um a lot of you know kind of that hard chop and you know if you kind of caught a weird edge you would sling you some weird way um so yeah i was just i was mainly just proud of myself i was like good job you uh you did it you know that's what i i wanted to do and um in 21 and like i said rob bell kind of kicked my butt and then um i just kept hearing you announce it saturday morning that you know he had won both years in a row and I was just like, man, he's going to be good today. And sure enough, he was, you know, he, he was second. And, um, I was just happy to, to kind of do that for myself and, um, just take that, uh, that freaking wooden trophy home. That thing's sick. Yeah, dude, that thing is sick. Uh, the imperative MX podcast episode number 30, speaking with this weekend's winner at the silver Valley MX third annual $20,000 shootout. And of course the local, native of north carolina jacob hayes brought to you by dirt industries custom graphics heavy d yeah dude like one question i wanted to ask it was funny because you know after after you finished racing and we was over at uh at the pit talking and i was like you know do you ever feel that urge to like still want to race because it's funny it's like people don't realize you don't ride as often as you used to i mean i know you probably still work out here and there but like watching you go out there and win like both motos and it was funny because like when i asked you that question you know 
you still feel the urge to race. You was like, nah, man, you know, my time is done. And you like, it, it was like, you were like just purely confident, like, you know, I'm, I'm fine where I'm at, which is cool. But how, how do you like come to that term? It's like, all right, my time is up. Cause it's like a lot of guys I know, it seems like a lot of guys in the pros don't really like come to that term. It's like, you know, my time is done. Like it's time to move on. I'll tell you, I mean, wow, I, I've never been asked that question. And, and I mean, that is an incredible question for sure. Um, and to be honest, uh, like I kind of leaned into in the beginning on how I got my job at Wasserman and, and how I got hurt and, and things like that. Um, that was one of the stipulations that I said, uh, you know, when, when Travis called me back and I was like, hey, you know, congrats, you got the job. Um, I said, man, uh, I just want to be honest with you. Uh, I want to do two nationals. Um, and I think it was Paula and Thunder Valley were the first two nationals in 21. Yep. I said, I need to get myself back to a, a professional um, caliber riding state. Um, I just want to do that for my, not for just myself, but for my mental health, for just my, my just longevity in my life and, and a lot of things. Um, because I, I don't think I would have this kind of clarity uh, in my life or in my day-to-day life if I didn't do that for myself. And, um, you know, I didn't in 2020 when I got hurt and um, that decision really kind of reflected on that was just what I was putting into the sport and, and what I was getting back out of it. And um, there was nothing wrong with, and I, I'm not saying I, I wasn't getting what I was deserved because, you know, you kind of go out there and you, you earn what you deserve. Um, but I just, I, I just remember laying there on the track and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not making any money. I'm, I'm, you know, now my femur's sticking out of my leg in the middle of Paris, California. Um, you know, I have no one around me. It was just myself out there that day. And, um, and then when I got all healed and started riding again and then opportunity, I was like, I'm just going to go two races get myself back out there on the gate and then I'll be able to say like, man, I, my time is, my time is done. And I kind of gave it, uh, I gave it my best and, and really also to add on to that was I just had such a, an unbelievable time in arena cross and, and just the family that, that, that provided me with not only my team and, and Denny Bartz and, uh, was home and, and supercross was fun but i i um i don't know i'm a, I'm a big relationships guy and uh i think that's at the end of the day when you look back on all oh, you've worked this and you've done this but it's the relationships that kind of take you day to day and and what makes you wake up and and you know like i look forward to seeing everyone at silver valley saturday like that was the camaraderie and and everyone just kind of it feels like family. So I think, um, for me now it's, it's being able to still see my family, um, on the weekends and, and do my work during the week. And I, I think this is crazy, but I, I talked to Mitch Payton about this the other day and, um, it really sank in with me. He said, look like, you know, he asked me how I did at Loretta's and I told him and I told him I was kind of bummed on it. He's like, why? And I was like, Oh, I just, you know, I didn't feel I, I did as well as I could have. And, um, he's like, dude, he goes, forget that. He goes, you're healthy. You can ride a motorcycle really, really fast. You offer a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge that a lot of people can't offer in this world. And you need to be proud of yourself for, for being that fast on a motorcycle and also, um, you know, continuing the life after it. And just, you need to be proud of yourself. And I was like, shoot, 
you, you know, you're right. Like I, I should be proud of myself. I shouldn't beat myself up as much. And, and then, you know, you ask me, you ask me this question. It's just like, wow, I I, I just feel grateful that I'm able to still go out there and, and have a good time on a motorcycle and be able to win some money and, and be able to, you know, come out there and hang out in North Carolina with everyone that I've grown up with. And, and just to be able to, um, have that opportunity is, is just something that, uh, I, I think is irreplaceable. Oh, dude, like, hundred percent. What, what, what I think is cool too is because, like, I know we're older now, but like, growing up when I raced, like, we rode a lot through the week together, like at Mitchell's and a bunch of other places, like so much. And it, when you were out there, and like, I know when um, mom, moms came out, Taylor, you know, Jordan, Meredith, when they came out, and you were out there, and it was just like, dude, it was like the biggest you could tell it's like it was like the biggest smile for them like they were all happy like you know even you I, I think it's cool like you know you you like good with it and you still come out and do a local race and like beat everybody which is still like it, it's insane to think about because it was like man it's like how does somebody like that still goes that fast like it's just like all right yeah i'm good you know, my time's done. And I thought that was, to me, that was cool because a lot of dudes don't come to terms with that. And it's, it's cool. Cause I like, even my dad, like when he was there and he seen it, he seen me, I swore he ain't smiled that big in a race. And I don't know, God knows how long when he seen me. And he seen you racing, dude, he was stoked the whole time. And he was just like, man, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm hella proud of Jake, dude. He was like, he, he's doing good. You know, he may not have, he said he may not have got like the big contract or, or the big deal, but he went racing in calls. He did his thing. He did his time. And he's like, he's content and he can still come out here and whoop ass if he needs to or if he wants. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, dude, I, I'm just, I'm all right. I'm pumped for you, dude. I really am. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, um, and like I said, it, it's just, that's what, that's what makes me come there and, 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 just come enjoy the races because like I said, I get to see you guys. Um, I, I, I get to see everyone that I've grown up with and, um, and still be, uh, be active. And yeah, I mean, my body didn't love me Sunday for sure. Um, but, uh, I was loving every minute of it Saturday, <laughs> man. That's awesome. And, uh, speaking of local, you're one of the riders that we speak about consistently on this podcast that, you know, back in your day, uh, in your early career and even when you went, you know, pro that you were racing nearly every local race around the area that you could. And, um, you know, I, I saw you at some of your lowest points and that's, you know, that's where you guys would, you know, that's where you would make your money at. Right. So, um, what do you think about racing that much, uh, that helped you along in your career? And really, what do you miss about the local motocross, uh, racing scene, scene here in the, uh, in the Southeast? Gosh, I I, I want to say, and I mean, you talked about it Saturday. I wish uh, Kyle Peters could be on here, and, and we could kind of go over it together, because um, he would be best to back me up. But I've I've spoken to him a lot, um, and we've both been honest with each other. We did not we did not like each other for a lot of years, mm -hmm. and that was solely because, man, we we push each other to the absolute limits at you know at all those local events, Camp Coker South or Sand Hills, um, Action Town, Birds Creek, Rolling Hills, 
um, you know, all, all these Parker Valley, all these local events. And um, I told him, I have him to thank for me being so fast on a motorcycle. And, and he agreed. And, um, and I don't think if we didn't have those local races and that, uh, that level of competition and, um, just dude, I mean, I've raced him harder at action town for a win. And I don't even think there was, there was no money on the line. I don't even think we want a plaque, like, but I've just raced him harder than I've probably raced any other event in my life. And that goes both, you know, um, a local race and professional. Uh, and without that and without that, um, with all, all those races, I, God, I mean, I, I'd never like just practicing was fun for sure, but I didn't love it. You know, I, I didn't, I, I don't get me wrong. I love riding my dirt bike, but like, I loved racing. Like I love going and, and the gate dropping and, and you just go out there and like, it was just like that, that pride thing of, of winning. And, and like I said, there was no money on the line or it didn't matter. Just surely just like being proud of yourself or accomplishing something. And I remember like, couldn't wait to get to the next one. And I just wish that would come back. I, I really do. And, and me being on the West coast, there's, there's no local races here. Um, it's just practice during the week. And, um, and then that's it. Like there, there's not right. really any local races. So, um, I, I wish a lot of these tracks and, and, you know, I, I wish Silver Valley would, would be able to get some, um, some more events because I do think that's a great track. Um, and then, you know, I, th- I think Birch Creek is starting to kind of make a comeback and, um, and I think these places need to team up together and, and make, um, make a legit series and, and make something, um, of this because there's a, there's, there's a lot of young kids right now. The the sport is, is coming back around to that young generation and, um, and just uh there there's a lot of families out there that are that are eager to race and they weren't spending all this money on um you know and don't get me wrong uh these these training compounds and facilities are great and it's it's creating a family and a and um and a life for these compounds um but i think there's a lot of a lot to say about people that are are able to go race and i mean you turn professional that's all you do is race you 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 rarely practice you right. i mean it's you know i'm not saying rarely you ride a couple of days a week but you race literally january through september you're racing right every weekend and it's like amateurs go three four months and they just practice practice and they won't do one race and then they get to the race and they're like oh i'm you know i'm pumping up or bike sucks or yeah i, I, I can't hang on or you know whatever it is well right. i mean but you haven't been racing like it's it's just a different um it's a different animal and and for me like that's why like i still love to go race just because like you can't get that just practicing and riding during the week you don't get that adrenaline and um and any of that like <laughs> Heath looked at me the, before the first moto because we were the first moto saturday and he's like why aren't you talking i'm like dude i'm freaking nervous shut up <laughs> <laughs> and and that's what's crazy too like me and heavy were just talking about this before we brought you on is that there's no other better practice than going to get that gate drops and that race craft and um those local competitive atmosphere like you can ride at the practice track and do your training and stuff like that but really where your skills are going to show is when that gate drops you know yep yep absolutely and i just uh if if anyone's young and, and listening or you know um you're you're older just uh i encourage you to go go to your local track and um and try to do as many races as you can i mean i i, I yeah i raced 
all the time. Yeah. You know, whether it was Pro Sports, Muddy Creek. Dude. Dude, you yeah, know, I, mean, every, we, I mean, every single race that I was at, I mean, you were at. And me and my dad, you can go back through the AMA rider search and do. We did 30 to 40 races a year. And I guarantee Jacob Hayes and Kyle Peters and um, even Cooper Webb when he was younger and Ian Treadle and uh, Taylor Futrell, Les Smith, Jim Neese. I mean, dude, the list goes on and on of all of the local legends and, you know, all of the fast guys that were around this area, that's, you know, that's what they did. They just went racing every single weekend. And you can't get, you can't replicate that at a training facility, you know? No, I mean, you know, right now with uh, indoors and outdoors and super motocross, you have 31 race weekends. So um, (laughs) everyone will tell you, especially on that gate, man, it's, uh, it's what drives them to do this. It's that, that competitiveness and, um, that just that will to win like that's what that that's what drives you and uh, and i'm sure that's what that's what drove you guys and that's what drove me and i mean it was just um there was a lot of things but um you know racing really and that in the, especially in those younger younger days was really something that i could hang on to and and just go home on a on a sunday night and just be like dude i freaking you know i won today and it didn't matter what it was and and even saturday it wasn't the money that i was after i i was I, I was like I'll be honest when I lost in 21 I was just pissed because I didn't win the trophy and and even you know um my wife was like hey we're gonna leave the trophy at your mom's house I'm like bullshit we ain't leaving that trophy <laughs> said, we're taking reason. it on the flight <laughs> oh shit that's the whole that's the whole reason I freaking did what I did was to win that trophy because I just I wanted that 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 block of wood and I flew up with it home um, on my lap, and I was like, I, and everyone's like asking me, "What is that?" And I'm like, "It's my trophy." <laughs> That's awesome, dude! Like, now I'm telling you what. If anybody wants to know what you know, like your feeling of going to a local race and getting a trophy, or uh, just having that, you know, that adrenaline r- rush of winning and uh, having that competitiveness, dude. Like Jake, you hit it right on the head, and that's what we talk about every single weekend here, or every single week here on the pod is, man, those local races, they do mean something. A lot of people think that they don't mean anything, and they're just going to go and wax ass and, you know, all of this stuff. But, man, where your racecraft comes into play, because when you do get to the amateur race, or into these pro races, I should say, you're racing damn near a lot. Uh, yeah. and you got to get that racecraft and you got to get that uh that competitiveness and that you know that adrenaline that pressure that sort of thing you know so that when you go to these big amateur national races you have that in your back pocket already and i'm sure that that's what helped you you're a two-time champion at at loretta's you know and i'm sure that those local races helped you out a, a hell of a lot oh absolutely and i mean even now like it's just muscle memory you know I've, i'm 29 so i've been doing it a long time i started racing when i was seven um, but a lot is, is in my early days and, you know, like you, you learn a lot racing, you learn a lot on how to manage a race. You learn a lot on how to lose a race. You learn a lot on, on, a, on several different things and on, on several different levels. And, um, and that's what I can still lean on today is how, how to manage a race is because I put so much time in when I was young and so many repetitions and, you know, now I can, um, look back and, and try to teach that younger generation, you know, um, some wisdom. Man, that's awesome. That is a, that is good stuff right there, Jake. I appreciate you saying that here on the podcast because I hope everybody gets something out of that for sure. And, really? um, dude, Loretta's this year, obviously you talked about it a little bit earlier and you talked about how you were bummed and you talked to Mitch and 
you know, he kind of cheered you up a little bit and, uh, you know, you're getting out of there healthy and all of that. But realistically, man, you know, you spent a lot of time at Loretta's growing up. And um, how was it for you going back to the ranch? I've been, I've gone back pretty much every year since I stopped racing. Uh, I think I've missed a couple years just to, to random little things, but I've been there and um, it's definitely been fun. Uh, and to see the event grow, right. um, it, you know, when I, when we were young and we were racing it, it was just majority, just the racers there, but now it's turned into more of a, of a family vacation. A lot of people bring their families. A lot of people bring um, relatives. A lot of people bring a lot of friends and, um, you know, there was no, uh, like you, when I was there, you didn't really buy her house. You have maybe a couple stragglers out there, but not really many people, but now there's lot four and lot five that are basically full. Right. And the classes are still identical. The, the people that make it are still identical. And you're like, you're scratching your head and man, it just, um, it kind of, it puts me in awe at how much the event has grown and, um, and what the place is still able to produce. Um, the racing is still relatively the same. Um, you know, I think there can be a couple tweaks that should be made um, as things and as the times get different and, and as the racing gets different. Um, but they, they really are hard on the tradition. And, and I understand that. Um, there's a lot of tradition, a lot of um, a lot of grassroots and a lot of history there. Right. Um, but you know the place is is evolving and the place is you know changing and there's there's a lot of people there and the track is gnarly um far far worse than i ever raced it as an amateur <laughs> uh, I, I will i will put that out there far worse and um you know these young kids i i think i told a dad there that his son was on 65 and he was all bumming and i just said man like like if i gave you any advice it was it would just be to get better each year at this event um i I wouldn't base your whole life around this um and i know that's hard for me to say because i've been there and i've done it um but man it's it's just such a different animal and you would never replicate that that style of track you never replicate that style of racing and it's just such a unique event and man if you just continue to work your way through it and never just kind of hang your head too low um you'll get better you know you will you will prevail and you will um work your way through and and get to the top eventually it just it takes time man it's it's uh dirt biking is uh is hard we all know it yeah for sure and um moving on you're two you know you're a 2018 amsoil arena cross champion and i'm sure you missed the og uh arena cross series for sure just go in there even if you know if you're not racing um i know you built a lot of uh family around there and all the people that helped you get to your point and you know even from harv to west to you know all of those guys that were there each and every weekend um you know it was like a family environment and it seems like the arena cross championship series is starting to make a comeback huh yeah i think um i think they're pushing pretty hard to kind of get some uh some funding back into it get some uh get some good guys in there um you know, one thing that was always big about the event was just how gnarly the track was. Like, right. I, and I think that's that's one thing that maybe <sighs> shies some some guys away is just because it, it, they're very very uh, tamed tracks. Right. Um, you know, Arena Cross is always known for the the gnarliest and the baddest whoops, and it, you know it always lived up to its hype. I remember walking the track in 2014, and some of the tracks I'm like, 
Oh boy. I don't really want to ride tonight. So um, <laughs> I, I couldn't even roll some of the whoops. You know, they were so deep and big. And um, and I think that's what they're missing now. Uh, you know, I, I think as they get some more funding and, and as um, some of that comes around, I think they need to beef up the tracks. And I'm not saying make them dangerous, but I'm just saying make it more of a, a professional track and, um, and, and let the racing speak for itself. I think it's just right now it's, it's just a, a pretty fast, easy style track. So I, I hope, um, I hope those guys can kind of get that, uh, get that series back to the way it was because it was a great series. Yeah, no kidding. And um, one of the questions I actually had, uh, on here was, um, you know, you did, you did well in, uh, outdoors, but you really shined, uh, in the supercross and in the arena cross, of course. Um, do you think that you excelled as an indoor guy because of the local like little supercross tracks and like East Bend and like some of these other smaller tracks that were uh, a lot tighter and you know stadium lights and stuff like that do you feel like that could be the reason that you know you were so good on the indoors uh, I mean yeah I, I um or have you really not time... even thought about it no, my first time racing, um, I raced a bunch of arena crosses on fifties. And, um, again, I go back to talking about trophies. Uh, that was the one thing that I wanted to do good for, because if you were in the 50 class, you got to go up on the, on the finish on landing. And then if you're on the podium, you got to choose a trophy or a kiss on the cheek. That's from the, right. In this arena cross. And That's like, dude, right. Like, dude, if we don't get on the podium, we ain't getting no freaking kiss. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so, so awesome. You remember that. That is right. You know what I mean? Like, that dude. Right. Like, yeah. Like, as a little guy, you're like, That's Miss Arena Cross. And, like, I can go up there if I get on the podium and get a kiss or a trophy. Like, screw the trophy. I want a kiss on the cheek. So, right. um,. Yeah, but yeah, I raced a lot of that when I was little, um, and remember pitting out of the van or out of the trailer and just sitting around and and watching you know the big guys smash each other and um you know, just again goes back to racing dirt bikes and and um a lot of that stuff you just you freaking over time you develop kind of a niche for it and um you just have a, a weird skill set that like. I, I don't know. Like I just, I, I even did the victory sports stuff in, you know, in 2012 and 13. And, right. And then when I, when I got to arena cross and, um, I, I, I did some interview and stuff before and I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, bang bars with Bowers. And everyone's just like, dude, you're nuts. And it just, it just, you, you felt at home in a very tight, tough environment where you probably shouldn't feel at home. I just, I did. And that's because I put so much time into racing and, and just doing that stuff when I was a little kid and, and um, it, it paid off for sure. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. The Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 30, speaking with local North Carolina native Jacob Hayes, brought to you by Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. Heavy D? Yeah, it's, it's funny you, that, like, you talk about when he was banging bars with Tyler Bowers. And uh, I was just sitting here thinking, in, in my opinion, I know when they did away with a rent-across, I honestly felt like they did away with it because it y'all brought so much attention to it. I feel like it was going to start dragging away from Supercross. It, it may sound crazy, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, because, dude, y'all went at it every weekend, and the takeouts between y'all two was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Greensboro win you got really, really uh... – helped you out a lot and especially in that uh i think that was your first year right in 13 
I'm 14. Was that 14? Yeah, yeah. 14? 14. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, we were in the stands and man, the whole crowd went crazy for sure. And I think that was one of the first races that you banged bars with, with Bowers and you were like, dude, I'm here to play. Yeah. I, um, God, like, and, and, you know, still to this day, like what, what an unreal opportunity to, uh, in a place that, you know, I grew up racing when I was, that I mean, I have a picture of myself in the stands watching, um, the big class. Um, I, I don't even know what year it was, but then to go there and be able to, to race in front of people that I've grown up and, and they've seen me grow up as a little guy to, to now racing in front of, in front of them, like just what a surreal, surreal dream, you know, like never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that. And, and to have that, um, ability to do that, like just crazy. Yeah. Freaking he crazy. Heavy D. Yeah, dude. I one, I forgot what race it was, but it was like he took you out, you took him back out, and like when y'all hit, he like tried to grab your front wheel or something, hold on to keep you from getting up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, these dudes are really going at it for real. Like it is a UFC arena cross bout going on right now that people don't even even understand what's happening. No, it was it was brutal, but um, yeah. Hey, if you wanted to make a paycheck or, or you wanted to to make a name for yourself, he was the guy you had to go through. So I had already made my mind up that uh, I was going to kind of get beaten around. But as long as I was kind of doing some of the beating, then it didn't matter. The, and I don't think a lot of people realize either. It's like they may have said you were crazy, but like I mean, I'm not trying to backtrack. But going back to when you raced, like amateurs and we were talking about how much you race i remember you went and raced like every weekend and you rode it no less than like four classes i'm pretty sure you almost ran five yeah yeah like, there were some long days <laughs> it was insane like and going back to like the action town uh action town battle with kyle peters i was i remember it was your last year amateur and i remember like that year you were on it like going crazy and you I remember you beat him every moto at Action yeah. Town and he yeah. was pissed dude like one moto he had you and I, I wasn't really ever a big fan of Action Town probably because I didn't never do good there but we were sitting there watching and it was like he got to start and you were chasing the whole time and it was like the last lap or well, y'all coming to the white flag and you made a mistake almost passed him and it stood up and almost fell and you caught him coming out of that back section and you hit that single and jumped over him. I don't know if you remember that or not. It's so funny that you're saying this story because I mean, <laughs> that, that is like word for word what I remember in, in one of the ones. That <laughs> I'm telling you, Heavy D's about. memory of this shit is unreal sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> me and KP still talk about that shit to this day. And that, and that, that I mean, that race in particular is the one I was talking about. Like, there was nothing on the line. There was no money. There was no trophy. Like, it did not matter. But I just wanted to win and and, and beat Kyle that bad that, I mean, I, I raced harder that race than I ever had in my entire life. I, I, I know that for a fact. That's Dude, this, crazy. Was that the funny. area qualifier? Yeah, it was the area qualifier. It was, it was crazy because I remember, I think it was, no, it was Jordan, I think it was. It was either, I think it was Jordan. Like, I was sitting there because I was about to go down the stage and I was sitting there watching with my dad. And he was, like, sitting there. He was, like, he preaching the whole time you're racing. Like, because I was doing so shitty. And he was, like, if you want it, 
this is what you're going to have to do. And I was like, I ain't even going to hold you, Pop. Like, it ain't even that serious. He literally just jumped over, buddy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that deep for me. Like, yeah. you got it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I remember when you passed him in that last quarter, like, Jordan jumped up was so pumped. Like, the whole family was going crazy. I was like, all right, like, he is on another level right now. <laughs> and I'm like, it was funny because, I mean, it wasn't funny because I kind of felt bad for Kyle because he was really trying. Like, he was, it just was not his day. Either it wasn't his day or you were just on it. And I'm just going to say you was just on it. That's all it was, too. What year was that, Jake? That was 2011. That would have been 2011. 2011, okay. Because I yeah. thought, oh, I must have been in the B class. So I must have been actually on the track with you guys then. Because I didn't hit A until 2012. And yeah. Action, Action Town was actually my first pro race, in quotation. There you go. So there You, you go. were on the track because your pants fell down in that race. I, I remember that. <laughs> Dude, I was holding that my pants up trying to beat Connor that. Lester, man. I was, trying to beat, <laughs> I was trying to beat Connor with my pants down, and I had to pull over to pull them because I had that answer gear, and they had the, uh, the buckle, and the buckle broke halfway through the race and my pants just started falling down and all you could see is just my underwear i got a picture of it somewhere but yeah dude, that was <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> but dude that's uh that's awesome um one last question for myself uh jake i appreciate you coming on to the podcast of course uh who is your local legend from your young younger days watching at the uh at the local races uh on the weekends man um Gosh, I have two. So yep. can right. I can I can I can yep. I use two? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll give you my first one. This one's gonna surprise you, but I'll give you my first one. Um, it would be Cody Robbins. Okay. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. and he was on uh, on Team Green on sixty five and I he was number eight, Parker Valley. Um, I knew. I mean, I I literally knew he was untouchable. Like uh, that. That's just the way I looked at him. Um, you know, he's in Fox gear. Um, and, and that was an early dream to get on team green was because of Cody right. and, and just how fast he was able to ride a dirt bike. And I remember, uh, Parker Valley, um, this would have been probably 2007. Um, I was able to, to battle with him, um, uh, for two laps. And I was like, Hmm, maybe, maybe like, maybe <laughs> he is like beatable. Like I just, I thought he was untouchable. And, um, and then, you know, at Sand Hills, the same thing. Uh, I remember battling for a little bit and it's, it's definitely a bummer. I don't remember the first race that I did beat him actually straight up. Um, but he, he was always, um, someone that I was just like, this kid is gnarly when I, when I was young. Yeah. Um, I was just like this, this guy's, he, he's gnarly. Yeah. Um, and and then my second one would be would be Les Smith. Um, and the reason why I say him is because Sand Hills, you would land the finish line and that you had that long straightaway and it kind of led on to the start and then you sweep into the right. Yeah. And that dude, every lap would come so close to the fence. I do I still to this day do not know how he did not clip his bars up against that wooden fence oh my where everyone stood. And just he he was gnarly. Yeah. Him at Camp Coker. Um, they jumped that. I, I never was on a big bike to race that track. I mean, I raced a 125 there, but uh, there was this big back, like Mount Fuji. There you go. There yep. you go. Yep. And, um, <laughs> man, he jumped that thing, and I was just like, dude, this guy's freaking legit. Yeah, yeah. That's kind so of those, those are my two local legends. There you go. There you go. 
Yeah, no, those are two good pulls. And yeah, man, us growing up, we got to we got to watch those guys. And one of the guys that I I pick up too is JT Josh Thomas. Man, anytime that number one twelve showed up, we weren't winning, bro. <laughs> like, we weren't winning. But uh, yeah, man, we got to see a lot of battles. Did you see that? Did, were you there at Rolling Hills that year? I think it was oh eight oh seven when uh, Futrell and Les Smith went at it at Rolling Hills and they jumped that bottom double where it wasn't really supposed to be a double but they were able to jump it right there before you took the right to go up the sand rollers. Were you there that weekend? Gosh, I, I would have been there, but I, I, I've got a weird uh, weird memory. They had so many different track layouts there yeah, over yeah. the years that I, I can't exactly remember which double you're talking about. It's not the big gulp, right? It wasn't the big gulp. No, you know you know when you come out of the tree section where you go, um, like right after the start, you did those – funny little s turns and then you went into the woods and then they had the yep. little roller roller and then you took a right to start going up the hill to the roller or to the sand rollers yeah they jumped that that double like they that single and then that next single before you took the right to go into the whoops they were the first ones to ever jump that uh that single to the next single and dude that okay. was huge and those okay. guys were just wide open and that was one of the crazier memories that i remember but yeah man uh robbins and smith are some uh some good pulls um any other questions uh heavy d for our uh local north north carolina native the one one more this is another memory oh also i think the first place you ever beat cody robbins was muddy creek pretty sure just was it wow man i was terrible at muddy creek when i was a kid <laughs> yeah. my dad Dude, loaded so my shit it. up my dad but, loaded my shit up before we even got to the race many times there. We drove all the way there, and then I rode practice, rode so bad, loaded my shit up and drove home, and then rode when I got home. Uh, <laughs> one one other thing, the nastiest thing I probably ever – Jacob Hayes, this is just for me because we're talking about nasty moments. We were – this was like after – like the year after you uh, your amateur career and you was doing a bunch of local – it was like local stuff, you and Wes – before y'all actually like figure out yep. what you was going to do, and we was at Birch Creek, two thousand. No, yeah, Birch Creek, two thousand eleven or yeah, two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. That was the year I won, won my C Class Championship. And when you come off the start and that downhill, when you were jumping it down into the hole, yeah, yep, yep, dude, that was in. Same. Because there was a turn. Like now, it's kind of yes. like a little straightaway, and you have a little bit of time. But dude, you, Jacob, you guys would literally jump that thing, automatically have your leg out by the time you guys are landing, dude. and would just rail that corner, dude. That is unreal. That's a good pull too, Heavy D. Dude, yeah. That was the nastiest. I mean, I've seen you do a lot of nasty stuff, but just that from a distance, it was big. Like considering how big of a drop that is, it was insane i was like i ain't even gonna hold you like buddy out here tripping right now <laughs> no you're right that was um i've had i've had some moments there man i uh crazy enough michael mitchell just he brings this up all the time i um i don't know what happened it, it might have been the same year um i think it was actually i i ran into the back of someone going down the start line straight away right off the start and i went down off the start like i literally crashed on the start and i got up and no shit i was in the lead before the first lap was over and michael mitchell says he's never to this day ever seen someone ride a motorcycle like that and he was just like dude you like are you like did you like turn like did you like could you not see and i'm like, like just the whole race was a blur and um 
yeah, no, that jump was massive too. Cause when it first, like it, it was two rollers, you kind of came over a crest over the top of that roller, roller and you turn. And then, um, I remember I was like, I think I can do it if I just hold it wide open. And, and, um, yeah, it was big. It was big there for a little bit. <laughs> he said, sure enough, I just sent it. Just see yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, that's <laughs> awesome. Man. Like, okay, yeah, that, that was pretty big back then. Come to think of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Caught yeah. him. Birch Creek has had some – and back there on that tree line, man, they've had some big jumps at Birch The snake pit, bro. The snake pit. Yes. Dude, that was yeah. – yeah, that was insane um, back in the day. And, dude, whenever we get our studio in North Carolina, whenever we make our way down there, man, you're definitely going to be one of the first ones we call to come into the studio to have a conversation. We'll even try to get KP in there and let you guys reminisce on some of your wild battles from back in the day because, dude, you guys duped it out every single weekend. You guys were on the track for sure. And, absolutely uh, man absolutely. i appreciate you coming on to the imperative mx podcast episode number 30 uh with uh local north carolina jacob hayes and the winner at this weekend's third annual silver valley twenty thousand dollar ab shootout in that 450 class and i might as well go ahead and mention because i called it there too the 25 plus winner also this weekend at uh at silver valley and uh man it's been a great conversation with you jacob uh and i appreciate all the time you're always uh willing to give to me anytime that we see each other and man we've had some great memories and i'm sure we'll uh create some more down the line so uh appreciate you coming on to the podcast and we'll talk soon bro absolutely boys keep uh keep doing your thing and it was great seeing uh seeing all the local heroes and legends at silver valley and we'll do it again sounds good buddy i appreciate it jacob take care later 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 and heavy d that was the local North Carolina native himself, Jacob Hayes, here on the line. And, man, that was a good one, huh? Oh, dude, 100%. And it's uh, it's crazy. Like, you know, we get to bring up all these memories and talk about a bunch of stuff, dude. It's, I think it's pretty awesome. And I'm pumped he's, uh, he's in a good spot in life, dude, you know, doing his thing. And, you know, I'm stoked he still, he still finds the time to try and give back and come support the local scene man that's what it's all about yeah and he gave you guys all of the reasons to come out to local races i mean you heard it from him you're never going to replicate that at, the, at a training facility and uh where you guys do that at is uh at the local motocross races from your surrounding area for sure and man i tell you what that was a good conversation and appreciate jacob for coming on and man what a hell of a weekend he had and uh got to take home some wood he definitely wanted to make sure that he wasn't leaving it at mama hayes's house he was taking that thing home with him that is hilarious my man had it on his lap in the airplane all the way through all the way to california <laughs> oh my god he said hell no we ain't leaving bullshit we ain't leaving this trophy no i'm fucking taking this thing home <laughs> oh my goodness man that's, god, that's hilarious that that's let that's local legend status right there for sure for the local area if you've uh if you haven't heard that one before and man i tell you what hydropower hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance so you can rise safer and faster so make sure to go and check out all of the reviews from all of the awesome people that have tried hydropower and it works for them so go to drinkhydropower.com to get any flavor uh that they have on their website now blue raz lemonade fruit punch and uh, much much more from the people over there at drink hydropower 
Hydropower.com, and the link is in the description of this podcast for 10% off of your purchase of any Hydropower products. And I tell you what, Heavy D, that stuff works, huh? Oh, 100%. Hydropower is where it's at. You know, come to think of it, Jacob probably should have had him a little sippy sip after after the gnarliness. I know, I know. I didn't bring my tub with me. That was one of the things that I forgot. But I tell you what, it's right here on my on my table right here. And uh, put myself a scoop in there, shaked it up, and, man, I'm ready to rip here, uh, getting ready for our next uh, guest here. But FXR from high-quality uh, for high-performance snow rider wear to motocross gear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, snow gear, fishing gear, Whatever you need, FXR has you covered. In my opinion and many others' opinion, go and check out the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. So make sure to go and check out FXRRacing.com and find them on social media as well. And thanks for their continuing support of us here on the Imperative MX Podcast. The brand new 2024 gear collections just dropped on their website. So make sure to check out all of the new colorways and styles to get you ready for the 2024 season and also give FTA, which is Full Throttle Adrenaline, a look at from the FXR, FXR guys as well. Phil Nicoletti has been wearing the FTA brand all summer long and it's an alternative apparel brand designed to inspire and connect all racers and the gear and apparel look good and you know it's top notch, especially if it comes from the people over there at FXR. So make sure to give FTA and FXR a chance for your 2024 riding gear. So go to FXRRacing.com. And we have some lick kits, Heavy D. I got one. I got a couple from the AB Shootout Riders. Maddie Silva, Preston Kilroy, and uh, Glenn. Man, they all had amazing, amazing setups there uh, for sure. And uh, in the younger class riders lit kit, I saw one that really stood out, and it was the number 171 on the Mini E in that 4-7 to seven class, and it was Ellie Paxton. She had an amazing black and blue FXR kit, and I tell you what, on that KTM, she made it look good. What you got, Heavy D? Bro, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was literally about to say the 171. I didn't know her name, but I was going to say 171. Yeah. So, uh, for me, it was in the A-B shootout. It was the riders of Maddie Silva, Preston Kilroy, and Jacob Glenn. And in the younger class, it was the number 171 of Ellie Paxton. Did you have any others, or was that it, Heavy D? No, I ain't going to lie to you, like, because I, so, I was, like, so torn between, like, Jacob always has a fire FXR kit. And, you know, Preston does, too. And I wasn't going to try and be biased and just do Maddie Silva. Like, <laughs> uh, the but, FXR rep, of course, repping the good he, stuff of FXR. But he did, like, it, it, I was about to be real biased because he gave me one of the sick, sickest FXR jerseys. Oh, there you go. Up. So it was like, all right, like, okay. This one, like, I don't know if I could do it or not. So I was just going with 171, Ellie Paxton. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's a good pull. That's a good pull. She uh, she looked, she looked, made it look good out there uh, for the FXR. Lit Kid Awards from this past weekend at Silver Valley. PR Motorsports, your newest track size support trailer at the local NCMX races. They ensure you riders get on the gate and continue racing each weekend. If you guys need anything, find their trailer at the local races from tire to engine fixes. PR Motorsports 
is your trackside support rig in the surrounding area and states. Make sure to find them on social media, and thanks to Charlie and Justin for all their help with everyone at the local motocross races to get you back out on the track there at the local races. Mika Metal strives to be the leader in product quality. Their bars are constructed of 6061 aerospace aluminum and have a unique design that allows them to retain maximum strength while still having the flex rider's desire. Mika sprockets are made from 7075 aerospace aluminum, the highest standard in the industry. Their unique tooth design maximizes wear and lets you ride longer. So go to MikaMetals.com, check out their inventory, and see for yourself. Handlebars, sprockets, tie-down straps, chains, sprays, front and back brake pads, and much, much more. So please go and check out the awesome people over there at MikaMetals.com. And speaking of some more local racing, Heavy D, let's go ahead and get Lake Sugar Tree Motorsports Park's owner, Ryan Smith, here on the line. Let's do it. Total Control Racing Suspension. Chad Newton, he, of course, owned an arena cross team for 10-plus years, and, of course, he knows his stuff. And throughout the years, he had riders like Luke Neese, Mike McDade, Ryan Smith, Tyler Bright, Josh Thomas, Kyle Peters, Jacob Hayes, Jim Chester, and many other local legends have trusted Chad with their suspension in AMA Motocross, Supercross, Arena Cross, and, of course, for you guys at the local races. Thanks to Chad and the entire team total control racing suspension for coming on board here in 2023 and of course he's keeping it real local with total control so make sure to go and check out totalcontrolsuspension.com from professional to amateur they have you covered go and get your suspension tuned up get your oil changed get your seals replaced and be comfortable on the bike so make sure you guys contact chad over there at total control to help you get that comfort you are looking for and right now on the line we have Lake Sugar Tree's owner, Ryan Smith. And, man, we got a big weekend. Appreciate you coming on to the podcast, Ryan. Yeah, thank, thanks uh, for having me, Zach. Uh, TC. I was talking to TC uh, today, yesterday. I talked to Chad from Total Control just about every day. We actually went out on the lake this year. And uh, I'll tell you, you're not going to find a better set of suspension. So I'm glad he supports this podcast. Yeah, for sure, and I know you guys go way back, and I've used his stuff, and you use uh, his stuff plenty of times for sure, and yeah, he definitely will get you comfortable on the motorcycle for sure, but man, we got a big weekend coming up here for the 21st annual Halloween Bash, huh? So you guys are getting everything prepared and uh, ready, man. It's going to be here before you know it. Yeah, we, uh, we've been getting after it. The uh, final touches on the Supercross track happened tonight. Um just basically needs water and practice will be uh i mean tracks ready for practice on thursday um cory from 402 came down and dozer mike and uh threw something out there it's a new layout we this is the fourth year uh that 402 has been involved so we we give a new layout uh the week before the bash uh for the last four years and and i think this one may be the best one and little curveball we threw at him. We didn't put any whoops on this layout, but everyone's always talking about the Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments. Well, guess what? The uh, Supercross track this year for the Bash has the exact Ten Commandments. They uh, they got the GPS coordinates and stuff, and they're going to be right here in Axton this weekend. Man, that's awesome. And, of course, a ton of work has gone into the facility uh, with you and 
uh, your entire crew there, and also four and two coming in. And yeah, like you said, it's been you know every single year for the past four years, uh, they've come in, and you guys have uh, changed it up and switched it up on the riders for sure from what they've seen throughout the year. Um, but what can really the riders expect this weekend out there on the uh, Supercross track and motocross track? Yeah, we uh we we change it up for the fact of you know i don't want to hear people saying oh the locals got the advantage or this or that like it's a brand new track uh like no one even tests it until it's open to the public on thursday so um but you know we've got uh you know i gotta pick up tomorrow morning probably about 150 pumpkins um you know balance houses are coming costume contest pumpkin carving contest uh rv decoration contest we got a band friday night um, you know, it's it's going to be a, a long but fun weekend, um, starting with practice Thursday night on the Supercross track and then uh, practice on the motocross track Friday. And, uh, of course, the bash where all the money's given out Saturday um, on the Supercross track. And then Sunday's uh, AMA featured event this year. Um, AMA featured number one plates. And, you know, we still got a lot of giveaways and stuff from liquor performance and hundred percent, all these different people to give away. Um, but, you know, we're just trying to make a continue to make it better every year. The, uh, you know, of course the special number one plate Saturday, um, for the, the champion of each class, um, the champagne and all the good stuff. But, you know, in the past when we changed it over to the, to paying out the youth, we uh we split the classes i didn't want to send anybody home you know um if there was 40 kids in the 50 open class we did a 50 open and then a 50 open extra and, and there was basically two winners nice um something with, that we're doing this year that's different um we have e-score coming um same crew that does minios and loretta's and all that so um we're going to have them here and, and it's going to be heats and mains and the best 22 are going to make the main event. And, uh, yeah, we're going to crown the, the best champion. They're going to get the, get the big payday. And, and when I say payday for the people that, um, are listening and thinking we're sitting here, you know, you see a thousand dollars for the 50 open class, that kid that wins, it's probably going to get a $150 gift certificate to that sponsor or Visa gift card or whatever. And we pay out to those smaller classes all the way back to 22nd. Nice. Um, so we don't overload the front. You know, I want all the kids to leave here. We have random positions. You know, I think last year, like 17th in the open D class got a hundred bucks. Nice. Um, just, just a random position. Um, but you know, one thing that we're going to do, uh, is the 50 CC four to six shaft class. Uh, whoever does not make the top 22 main event, we're going to run what we call, and I'm sure you've heard it, and Heavy D, you guys heard it, we're going to run a B main event. Nice. Um, so, you know, the Shaft kids, I don't want any of those little four, five, six-year-olds to to feel bad. I want them to run during the main event program, and, and you know, they're not going to get a number one plate or a bottle of champagne, but we're going to award first, second, third, fourth, fifth, all the way to top ten trophies for the B main event. Um, I want those kids to, to be out there under the, the lights and, and that's only for the shaft class. Um, and beyond that, it's going to be, uh, you know, heats, LCQs, just like supercross top nine, um, transfer out of the heat race, top four out of the LCQ. And there's your main event. And, uh, we're going to have longer main events and we're going to crown champions and, and be popping some bottles, man. That's awesome. And I know you've been there for the entire 21 years, just like I have. It's, you know, my favorite race. 
uh, local race of the year, man. You guys doing a phenomenal job with everything around the facility with hanging, you know, ghosts and witches and all sorts of stuff on trees. And you guys make it like a little Halloween town. And, man, it's awesome. And I can't wait to get down there for sure. But what is your favorite part about the Halloween bash that you enjoyed the most and put a lot of effort into every single year? Uh, kind of what I was just talking about. The main thing that that's the coolest part about it was, and, and I know some people listen to this and it sucks because I was there and you were there and, you know, Heavy D's been a part of them. You know, we, it used to be a pro shootout. Halloween Bash had the pro shootout and we were raising $5,000, $7,000, whatever to pay out to, to a main event. And, um, you know, towards the end, you know, we had McAdoo win it one year, Justin Cooper win it, Stroop was up there one year. Yep. Um, Nice won it one year, uh, but really the the final straw of that was the last year that we had it. It was five thousand dollars one main event, um, and we had eight pros show up uh, mm. because because the main thing was is like what I called the gate fillers, which it's not a bad thing. I was a gate filler for a lot of my pro career, so <laughs> me too. Uh, so. <laughs> so, but uh, you know they wouldn't show up because they they were like well such and such you know McAdoo won it last year so I'm not going to show up but like I've always been the type like we paid the top 15 right. so anyway I think the last year it was like uh, Nice Burkeen Colton Tickle was the top three or flipped that anyway um, and they lapped fourth place so it was literally during that main event that I, I thought about it I was like you know I'll never ever do another pro shootout again i was like i will do a youth shootout we're gonna raise money and we're gonna give it back to the youth of our sport the future of our sport um and that's my favorite part about it is you know seeing that uh you know 13th place in that 50 cc four to six limited class and he gets a 50 dollars gift certificate or visa gift card or whatever whoever's sponsoring that class 50 bucks um whether it's to you know high toms or Carolina Cobra or just a busy gift card that they can spend, you know, to me, the, the main thing that, that I've told people, you know, and I was guilty of it, you know, as a pro, you know, you go up there and get paid, you get 200 bucks and you're like, yeah, whatever. And you walk back to your van and you drive on home. Um, you know, that, that five-year-old kid goes up there and gets $10 to whatever could be dag on McDonald's and he's going to be so much happier right than we were as pros to get two hundred dollars that's right so that's the big thing is you know we try our best to make sure every single kid that comes up there to check for an award whether he gets a pair of hundred percent goggles um you know something from liquid performance or gift certificate gift card whatever um you know the uh you know mx tires sending tires i think last year every single p-dub that showed up there got a free free dunlop tire so um it's just seeing those kids faces when they when they get something as simple as a ten dollar all the way up to maybe a 75 or 100 dollar gift certificate um it means a whole lot more to them than it does you know myself when i was racing chasing these money races so that that's my favorite part about it is seeing all the kids have fun and and giving back to the youth of our sport and it sucks that the tables kind of turned for myself you know, when I was racing, I and I had this conversation with Sam from Victory Sports. I'm like, dude, I chased your indoor series for the money. Right. Never did I, never did I think on the other side of that fence when I was on the other side that I'd be like, heck, nah, I ain't raising money for the pros um, because it was so much harder. You know, like in in uh, whatever year it was, 2016 or 17, 
I raised twenty three hundred of the five thousand dollar purse. So you know, I was out of pocket. Right. Uh, the the rest of it, the twenty seven hundred. So, literally, the first time that I posted that we were going to be paying out the youth riders, in less than two hours, I'd raised sixty eight hundred dollars. Nice. So you know, now it's grown up to I think we're over 45,000 coming wow. into this weekend. So That's awesome. you know, it's it's been uh it's been a journey. It's a lot of work, but at the end of the day, it's it's all a lot of fun seeing those kids um smiling and having fun. Um as long as they don't smash pumpkins all over the place, and I got to I got to beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> but I t- but I tell you what, man, you know, and even outside of the racers, right? You guys have plenty of activities throughout the weekend for riders, families and spectators and you touched on them um a handful and you know we always have a blast going up there with the motor motorhome contest decorations and uh the best uh halloween costume uh contestants from you know youth all the way up to adults and um what else do you have uh kind of planned for everybody i know you went through a couple of them but um go through some other ones that you guys have planned because it's not just for the riders it's it's for the family atmosphere as well for riders families and even the spectators that come in that just want to camp out uh, during the weekend and want to watch some racing. Yeah, we've got a ton of people um, that we've heard from that don't have racers and stuff that come and want to spend their time. Like I said, we got a bounce house that'll be dropped off um, Friday uh, for all the kids to play in all day. And, you know, you got the pumpkins sitting out there and, um, you know, the uh, RV decorations. You know, I usually find somebody, but. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on. We got mom's pit bike, pit bike race, but I can't, uh, I can't tell you guys all the details because someone might listen to this. But there's going to be something special that happens in the mom's pit bike race, and it's not going to be uh, the fastest mom might not win this race. Um, and <laughs> You're throwing a curveball in there, huh? Yeah, there's going to be a curveball, and it's going to be something that my grandfather did probably. Uh, 15 years ago um so nobody's even going to be ready for it i'm not even going to say anything until the main event when the when the moms are on the starting lines when we're going to drop the news uh to them (laughs) um but yeah it's going to make things really interesting and uh yeah we're just we have fun with it and and like i said uh there's there's a ton that goes into it but i always say you know, biased or not, like I think it's one of the greatest races of the year. I think last year, uh, last year, you know, Friday night's always the good night. We have the band, we got a really good band coming in, and just seeing everybody kind of let loose, you know, for the for the local scene, the the you know North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, West Virginia, Virginia, like just see all those people kind of come together and just be able to kick back, have some cold beer, listen to some music. And, I mean, I heard – well, I didn't hear. I saw someone last year very popular in my neck of the woods uh, that sponsors a lot of things that I do. I mean, he was having a good time. He was dancing on tables and stuff. But <laughs> but to uh, just to see everybody having a good time. And, you know, everyone starts off a little sluggish Saturday morning, but it's well worth it, and it, it's uh, it's a good time. Absolutely. The Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 30, speaking with the owner of Lake Sugar Tree MX Park in beautiful Axon, Virginia, in preparation for this weekend's 21st annual Halloween Bash, brought to you by Total Control Racing Suspension. It is Ryan Smith. Heavy D? Yeah, like, man, I'm just curious because 
like it seems like every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, has there ever been any talks? I mean, it. I mean, I understand you kind of want to probably keep the natural uh, feel of it to it. I mean, it's it's become a big thing and people seem to love it. And it's a it's a race <coughs> everybody looks forward to it. Looks forward to it every year, but you know. Have y'all ever, like, uh, started leaning towards, like, the Halloween Bash being, like, a, a featured event that, like, gives out AMA National Championships? Well, this year it is. Sunday is a is an AMA featured event, not Saturday night. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Sunday, yeah, Sunday's a AMA featured event. Uh, actually, the plates came in yesterday. Uh, but, you know, yeah. they reached out and wanted to make Saturday night an AMA oh. featured. And, and to me, like, an AMA featured uh, motocross number one plate needs to be on motocross. Right. Um, right. Right. So, you know, Mike was like, do you want to do it Saturday night? And I was like, no, Saturday night's kind of got its own, its own deal right now. Um, with all the payouts and all the stuff and, you know, an AMA feature plate should be earned against, you know, 40 competitors. If, if you have that, um, you know, that many on the gate, not 22. Um, so, you know, this year, our Saturday night program, is not part of any series. It's just straight up, um, you know, it's not district. It's not U.S. Eastern. It's not Capital Cup. It's not any series. Saturday night is just a plain Jane Supercross. Um, and I'll tell you, I know I've been getting a bunch of messages. Like, classes are not going to fill up. In the past, the way we've done it, you know, 44 was the max each class would get. Um, so, you know, we're doing heats and mains, whether a class has to have three heat races to make it, um, you know, they're not going to fill up. Uh, but I'll say that based on, you know, pre-registration, I opened it back up till midnight tonight. Um, it's looking to be, you know, one of the biggest yet. Um, and the weather couldn't be, couldn't be better that, uh, we got looking, looking forward. Did, um, I mean, did you ever, like, I know the goal, you always want to make an event as fun and as big as possible. And, you know, have it the best it could be. <clears throat> Did you ever think it would be as it's as big as it is now? You know, it's it's like throughout the weekend, you hear a lot of people, and and you know, you know, Heavy D, you've been a part of it uh, a lot. And you you see and you hear and you read these things on on this great social media platforms that we have, and people talking smack and doing this. Um, and, you know, for the most part over the last couple of years, you know, I'd say 95% of, like, people are, like, how great it is. But I think that what makes this event different is, like, I put notes in my phone as the weekend goes on. And, like, I think I might be my my biggest critic on things that happen and, like, that wasn't that good. But to the outside person, like, they're thinking it was good. But, you know, striving to be better and not being satisfied uh, comes from, you know, I look back at when I was racing uh, professionally, you know, I lived out in California eight months out of the year and there was never a time that I, I walked outside my motorhome and went out to uh, Milestone on the track and, and you know, Villapoto would be out there, Dungey would be out there, Will Hahn, all these different factory dudes and I'd be getting lapped and I was like, I never got to go to bed thinking I was even close to good or the best, so you know, working at something, you always want to be better um, and pushing it uh, farther and farther. And I think, 
bringing that element of the new track and, and paying out the youth. And there's so many different things that, that we continuously brainstorm. Um, and you look back at the past, like, why didn't we do that? So and I think just pushing the, uh, pushing yourself is what makes it so good. Um, and like I said, at the end of the weekend, you know, I don't know if as a promoter or, you know, manager or whatever, at a track that you can be a hundred percent be like, damn, that was absolutely perfect. There's no way possible that I think that I could ever think that we did it perfect. Um, you always got to be, you know, nitpicking yourself to make it better, no matter what the people on the outside think. Um, I think we can all be better at things, whether it's, you know, this podcast or, or promoting a race or, or whatever, you know, sometimes mowing grass, I look at him like, well, daggone, that line right there was a little crooked. So, uh, but, you know, it's, it's anything and everything you do. I think that that makes the end results and the people want to come back is is pushing yourself yep. um, beyond what you you think can happen. You know, like heavy D. You know, like that time when Hanny would tell you to ride down that hill, you'd be like, "I don't think I can do this," but you do it. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! Yeah, that's it, true. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, how, how good can you make it? And, you know, we're all in a kind of a trying different sort of time of race. And I think, you know, sometimes you never know what you're going to get, you know, racing's tough, promoting races is tough. You never know what the weather's going to be, but, uh, yeah, you just gotta have your own vision and, and push yourself to be that way, you know? So yeah, and you've, you've been and seen the pinnacle of the sport being, you know, a top professional for a handful of years. Uh, but what, what really is it about local racing that you that you enjoy and that you're now, you know, 100% involved in and all of that? I know you touched on, you know, the kids and stuff, but speak about the atmosphere and, you know, how, how awesome it is to see, your you know, your buddies every single weekend and to see that competition out there on the track and, that's kind of really where a lot of these riders, you know, hone their skills or is at these local races. Yeah. I mean, Matt Burkeen said it best racers race. That's yep. what you got to do. Um, you know, not getting, you know, you can train and all that stuff and that, that you got to do that stuff, but racers race and you got to be out there. And, you know, in this part of the country, we have a lot of great tracks. Um, and I'm going to toot somebody's horn that, that uh will listen to this or will hear this uh probably um you know we have national caliper tracks um in our district as far as us and you know i've i've said it 1000 times in my life um the the number one track and i've been to a lot of tracks from glen helen you know in you know all over the us texas freestone all these places the number one track in the united states of america is right here in district 13 and that's bud's creek um from the view into the track the natural elevation um to what they've done with the place like there's so many things around this uh this region that people um can be a part of i mean you know what do we got right here in this area we got um you know sugar tree we got uh birch creek you got ncmp you got dreamville you got uh windy hill uh, come on, help me, Heavy D. You got Silver Valley. I mean, that place is gnarly. Um, it's a whole lot of them, man. It's, it's... There's so many good tracks and, and people that, that do it for the love, and you have to do it for the love. But, 
you know, people in this area, I hate to see, you know, sometimes people that I hear be like, yeah, we, we're only going to go race this race. Well, you can wait three months to race that race, but guess what? If it's your first gate drop in three months, mm. like you're going to struggle, like mm -hmm. the nerves, the butterflies, the, you know, the arm pump, the this, you can only, you know, practice, you ain't pushing yourself. So, um, you know, we're, we're blessed in this part of the country to have all these great tracks, you know, within, you know, four or five hours. So, um, and I'll stand by that for as long as I live. I've told a million people that, that they've asked me, what's your favorite track? You know, I've been to the Red Bud National. I've been to these places, but as a far all, all around track, you know, to me is, uh, is Bud's Creek. And, and we have that in our district and our, our close stuff. And, you know, the manager up there, he's a little loose at times, but, uh, <laughs> you'd but say, he, <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, it's good. And, you know, the local scene, uh, it can be good. We just need to get the people out there and get them racing. And, um, you know, you can't sit around and wait, you know, and I wasn't there and I don't know. And, and maybe I'm really off base here, but I, I kind of, I follow stuff. Like I look up results from different races and stuff and try to figure out how we can get these people out more. Um, but you know, Silver Valley, I mean, I know they had a big pro shootout and stuff and I think both of you guys were there maybe. Yep. Um, but I don't think the, the amateur side was, was that huge of a turnout. So, um, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, but just based on the results that I was looking at, but to me like that, dude, that place is sick. I've only seen the pictures. I've never been there. Um, but to me, like, I don't know what the problem is. And, you know, I hate to say like leaning back towards, uh, what I said earlier, like, you know, $20,000, I think is what they paid out to the pros. But, you know, what would your turnout have been as far as riders? If, if you put $20,000 towards, you know, your 50 CCs up to your super minis or 50 CCs up to your schoolboys, you know, what would your, what would your, you know, turnout have been? And, and maybe there was a ton of spectators, but, um, you know, it's always brainstorming and thinking like, how can we be better? Not just, here but as far as the whole entire uh local scene you know we got to work together no matter um you know what each individual promoter thinks we're we're nothing without each other right right yep and right. i mean you know we were we were talking about you know a lot of the um we were actually we just had jacob hayes on and we that's exactly what we were talking about and how you know a lot of these riders you know bubble wrap themselves at these training facilities and um and all of that and even outside you know of the of the money at some of these races some of these district races and series races they you know the numbers are are still a little low um you know and a lot of people are just kind of staying at the training facilities or just wanting to practice or whatever the case may be and you know even outside the money there is no better way to uh get yourself better than just to show up at these local races right so um i think that plays into a factor as well yeah and and to you know when we were growing up zach i mean i think a lot of the the a class you know district 13 was guaranteed thousand dollar purse growing up right um you know it was a Per moto is 160, 40, 20. Right. Um, is I think what it was, something like that. Yeah, it was like 200% uh, you know, pro payback or something. Yeah, well, it was a guaranteed thousand. And like, you, you know, you'd show up and there'd be 10, 12, 15 of us or whatever. And you could, 
you know, if you won all four of them, you can leave the league with four hundred bucks. And right. then like the turnout the turnout kind of started started tapering. Um and now like I think it's hundred and fifty percent is what it is. So it's not guaranteed. So, you know, your your A class guys, they're not showing up to these races. Right. Um, but you know, if 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 we had ten people in two fifty A and, and ten people in four fifty A, it actually would be a bigger purse than it was back when we were growing up and everyone thought it was so great. You know, you leave the track 400 bucks, but, um, you know, now 400 bucks ain't getting you through the convenience store, getting a bag of chips and a drink. That's right. Um, right. No kidding. But without all the eighth class guys showing up and and going to the line, like that purse isn't going to do it. And like promoters did that because they were paying a thousand dollars out. Um, and two or three A guys would show up. Right, so they right. were trying to protect themselves and make it to where it was a percentage. So it based on how many people showed up. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's different for sure. But like I said, the, uh, the, the turnouts, the A class turnouts, you know, they show up top 10 or if there's 10 riders, you know, the pale would be, you know, couple hundred bucks 150 bucks a moto which would be 600 at the end of the day which would be good right yeah. so um yeah i mean get out and race man i mean i'm pumped to see jake about there racing yeah you know hey, i mean he yeah. took he took his piece of wood all the way home he said hey i'll just keep your trophy here he's like bullshit i'm taking that thing on you know on my ride back to california you know and that's yeah. You know, that's a big deal. And like he said earlier, you know, it's it's nothing like going to a local race, hanging out with the people that, you know, you've seen damn near your entire life and uh, those competitors that you've seen and uh, the friends and family and the uh, track promoters that are that are there for you guys throughout the weekend and stuff. And it goes for you as well. I mean, I go to I go to y'all's races because I've, I've known you for damn near my entire life, you know, and. Um, and I love what you guys do, and same with the NCMX crew, same with the Mama crew, I mean, same with Victory Sports. I mean, it's just where, you know, we've gone our entire lives, you know, and um, seeing those people every single weekend is just is just something to um, to have fun with, and, you know, going to this local, these two local races back-to-back, and I went to the North Carolina State Championship, and I tell you, man, I got my media credentials this year for Supercross and Motocross and Super Motocross. But I tell you what, man, there's nothing like coming to the local scene and seeing that love for the uh, local motocross uh, area. And, man, it's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 30, speaking with Ryan Smith of Lakeshore Tree MX Park. Heavy D? Now, I mean, you do a lot for the amateurs, you know, like, I talk about that, and it gets a big turnout. I've always been curious, you know. It's like, okay, like they they come supportive because I mean you do give back a ton, but you you got to think a lot of these they'll a lot of these riders and parents they'll go spend five times the money just to go to minios and they don't give anything back. No, and I I don't get that. It's like I used talking on Silver Valley talking about that. It's like. I mean, I feel like it's good. Like, you know, you you do it for the amateurs. You did it for the like pros and privateers, and it it sucks that it was only eight that last year. You know, but it's like they they ask about it and they want it, and sometimes they don't show up. But they're gonna spend all this money to go to videos, and they don't do good. They don't. I mean, you get nothing out of it. Why do you think that is? 
You know, I don't know. Um, you know, at one time last year we were having, you know, I was having meetings with some guys and, and, you know, the Halloween bash almost became one of the stops for the road to Supercross points. Oh, wow. Um, so, and, and it's still like, it's still out there. It's a possibility. Um, you know, AMA and Feld and Arena Cross and all this stuff, they got all these crazy ideas and stuff. But I'll tell you that, you know, I literally have not put on a pair of boots and rode a dirt bike since Minio's last year. <laughs> and the year before that, and, and, you know, my bike got stolen uh, October 22nd last year. So, uh, what, Sunday was a year. Um, and I haven't owned a dirt bike since. Um, I went there and rode Jacob Glenn's bike in Supercross, and I rode Thor Pals 125 in Motocross just to show him that, uh, you know, a 210-pound dude can get a start on a 125 against <laughs> 450s. Um, but, like, I haven't rode since I got off that 125, and, you know, I think I got seventh or something in 25-plus last year. And, and like, you got this little – trophy the same thing we give out here but you know we all try to think of ways to give back and and you know i get it like i love minios like if you had to tell me minios or loretta's like for a rider um you know minios you get to ride so much more it's, it's the weather's nice you ain't got to really worry about you know humidity and stuff like it's nice um but you know it's hard to say you know we try to try to support um the stuff and the way we open it up like i said i know we pay out the youth in this stuff but i literally make a spreadsheet and post it and say you know here's the classes and i've never set an amount on a class um it just kind of started you know a thousand dollars somebody wanted to sponsor a class and then somebody saw it and they want to sponsor a thousand on this class and i do get messages from people like that i've raced with and that race a class and stuff they're like dude where's the where's the pro payout and I'm like, well, dude, do you know somebody that wants to sponsor it? Like all these other classes that have payout, you know, somebody stepped up and put their company name and their logo on the banner. And, you know, at, at the start of each time that that particular class is on the track, we talk about uh, the person that sponsored it. We, you know, we may get them up there on the on the microphone and. You know, when that main event hits, we announce about the person that sponsored that $100 whole shot and stuff. But, you know, liquid performance, I've, I've heard people uh, talk about the ATVs and stuff. Um, you know, how come ATVs never get sponsored? Well, guess what? Liquid performance sponsored or stepped up and sponsored both ATV 50 and 70 classes. And, you know, they have a payout this year. And, like, I responded to those people. And, and obviously, I'm not really close with a bunch of people that, run ATVs and businesses that know somebody that races ATVs. But, you know, I was telling them like, Hey, if you know a business owner that wants to sponsor your class, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, $10,000, whatever it may be, tell them to reach out to me. We'll do it. Um, but that's kind of how these classes have grown. Like literally I put that spreadsheet up of our classes for the first year and it, it just kind of took off right. um, to where now every single gate drop for main events Saturday night will be worth a hundred dollars to some lucky person. Nice. Whether it's, whether it's a 12 inch Stasic or whether it's 450 pro or whether it's ATV pro, every single one to crest that first jump is going to be a hundred dollars. So, um, that's something that's cool. And you know, the classes that don't get sponsored, unfortunately, you know, you win the championship, you might not get any money, but you're going to get that special Halloween number one, AMA number one play. And you're going to get that bottle of champagne. And 
hopefully, hopefully, you'll be able to spray that champagne all over Zach Newberry as he does the podium speeches for the main event Saturday. Oh, is that is that what the big question was? That that's that that's gonna be it, you know. There yeah. it is. There it is. Ken Farrell asked me. He said, "Who are we gonna have? Who am I gonna have down there on my podium?" I said, "I don't know. I might talk to Zach tonight." He said, "That'd be good. We work good together. See see what Zach's doing." So hey. uh, problem is, you might have to wear a poncho because I'm gonna tell you, there's 45 main events. I think there is. Is there oh. 45 main events or 41 main events? So that's forty-ish bottles of champagne that you may get sprayed with. Yeah, so I'm so I'm gonna get wet and have to work. So that's awesome. No, I'll I'll I'll, I'll do that one hundred percent. I didn't know if you wanted me to do the whole weekend with Ken. I mean, it, shit, man. Me and me and him, we're a duo, bro. Me me and him get it down pat. We had an awesome time out there at NCM uh, NCMP for that North Carolina State Championship, and I got to learn a lot from him. You know, we've listened to him throughout our, our entire, you know, amateur career, and he's a legend in his own. But, yeah, man, for sure. You need me Saturday night, I'll be down there with the microphone and uh, giving out some and, podium speeches. Maybe one day, maybe, maybe one day we'll be able to get big enough to get Heavy D out of the out of the local zip code where he's at. Oh, <laughs> hey, I've been trying all year, and it's tough. It's tough. hey. <laughs> Heavy D will be coming out of the local zip code. I won't be this weekend. It's the anniversary this weekend, but hey. Well, that, hey, hey, Heavy D, that means next year it'll be an anniversary again, too. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Uh, we already <laughs> talked about this. No, oh, no. Wait, I ain't going to hold Wait, 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 wait. I ain't going to hold Look, HD will be in attendance this. next year. We yeah, will be Heavy there. D. Heavy D, that you don't need to get a, a divorce over <laughs> Halloween Bash. You ain't got to cut the anniversaries off. <laughs> Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> it is this is imperative to Heavy D's heart right here. All right, we gonna be there. When you just said listen, 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 they wanted me like it played in my head. Listen, Linda. Yeah, listen, listen Linda. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. But yeah, man, uh, Ryan, you need me. I'll uh, I'll be there, man. I I enjoy uh, commentating and and. Uh, calling all of the race in action or being down there on the podium it was uh it's awesome and uh yeah man i'll do that for you no problem so i'll be yeah, there it's gonna, all weekend yeah it's uh like i said i mean it's it's all coming together you know we got the podium up we got the hay bales get like i put gary bailey on that project so he's my uncle so he likes to do creative stuff so i got uh got him six or eight hay bales last week and and uh i was like all right go to Lowe's, get your paint, let me know what you're spending paint, and get to design them. So we got a Frankenstein coming up the, the driveway. We got pumpkins uh, or, uh, yeah, pumpkins and witches and stuff painted on them down there by the podium. Um, so it's it's going to be a good time. There's there's ghosts and goblins and stuff hanging from all the trees. Oh, and yeah. Spiders. And like I said, it's, it's a good time. Uh, the podium area is not just going to have champagne and number one plates. We're going to have uh, the fog machine for the for the photo ops while you're doing the interview it's going to be a fog machine behind you so nice uh, yeah man we're uh, uh, make we're everybody to... a little rock star you know what i'm saying and especially like the little podium interviews you know there was there was uh there was a handful of ones that didn't want to come up and talk on the microphone and things like that but man if you know the older they get they get they're gonna have to have you know some of that uh you know speaking and and all of that within their 
back pocket for, you know, if they move on in life, they're going to have to talk in front of people and things like that. And, um, yeah, man, I think it's really cool for the community just to have those little podium speeches and for everybody to be able to talk and talk about their race a little bit. And, uh, yeah, just enjoy it with some friends. And like I said, man, you guys make it look like a little Halloween town. You know what I'm saying? My uh, Nicole actually just came back from Salem, Massachusetts, and she was telling me in some of those parts during the night, it kind of reminded her, you know, without the campers and the pit bikes and golf carts going through it, reminded her a little bit of uh, Sugar Tree and their Halloween bash and how well that you guys uh, put everything up. And, man, it's uh, it's awesome. And I know you guys are going to knock it out of the park, and I can't wait to get down there for sure. And we'll drag Heavy D down there for next year, even if I have to go to his zip code and steal him and put him in the back of the, the 1500, he's coming. Oh, hey, as, as long as he there. ain't getting a divorce to be at the Halloween Bash, we'll let him slide and cut the anniversaries off. It is what it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Heavy D, any uh, any final questions or thoughts for Brian Smith here? Oh, no. Just take the receipt. HD will be there next year. Stamped. There Stamped. we go. Yeah. Hey, you got two under oaths here on the podcast just like what you wanted you got one from me to do the podium interviews and then you got another one from heavy d saying he'll be out there for next year so the 22nd annual you might have to get just me and heavy d on the mic you want to talk about a good time right there hey i'll even go as far as i ain't never did this in my life but i will dress up as something for halloween at the halloween bash hey i'll tell you and i've been trying to get this and heavy d this might be your spot I've been. We had it up to six hundred dollars last year, but I don't know if Zach can spit his name off right now. Zach, who's been doing the starting line forever at, at Birch Creek and Sugar Tree and every everywhere? You know the man's name, uh, bigger guy. Oh man, no! Off the top of Eddie. my head, no. So Eddie, Eddie, Big there Eddie. you go, there you go, Big Eddie, there you go. Last year we had it up to six hundred dollars on top of what he gets paid to to dress up and I was going to buy the outfit straight up a monster girl all he had to do was for the main events he had to go out there with the board we were going to get him a little leather skirt the tall leather boots and a crop top I'll do it that might be you I'll do it (laughs) I'll do it you know how many people will show up just for that just to see that I mean I'm talking heavy D no homo. We got to get you. Got to wiggle. You got to do the wiggle and the whole nine for every main event. Dude, I will even strut on the front stretch. <laughs> I will do. I will strut on that starting line. I'm telling I'll you, man. If you t- if you tell Heavy D to make a fool of himself, it is no problem. He will go I out there. I will even 100%. wear a Tina Turner wig out there to make it even better. Oh man. Hey Ryan, can I wear my can I wear my Halloween outfit? that I was going to wear at night. Can I wear that to do the podium interviews? You can wear whatever you want. All right, you got to wear something, though. Hey, I got you. Though. I got my alien costume from last year. Did you see the pictures of me and Nicole last year in our alien yeah. suits? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to bring my alien suit, and that's what I'm going to be doing the podium speeches with. So, Heavy D, you'll get some snaps. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, dude, I'm ready for this 22nd annual Halloween bash already. <laughs> and, and the 21st hasn't even happened yet. But, no, man, uh, realistically, Ryan, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast. And, uh, yeah, man, I'll see you uh, Friday. I would say uh, Friday morning or so. Uh, we'll get down there with the trailer, and uh, we'll camp out for the entire weekend, have, have a lot of fun. And uh, thanks a lot for coming on to the podcast, and I'll see you on Friday.
Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. And uh, Heavy D, start training. Start getting ready. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long four days that you've already committed yourself for. So get ready. Oh, he's ready. He's ready, one hundred percent. And uh, <laughs> he might have the baby to deal with. But hey, man, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast once again. And uh, it's your first appearance on the pod, and I'm sure it won't be your last. That's for sure. So um, sounds good. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Have a good night. You too. All right, man. And that was Ryan Smith, owner of Lake Sugar Tree MX Park, to talk about the 21st annual Halloween bash. And I tell you what, Heavy D, I'm ready for that 22nd annual uh, bash already, huh? Hey, I'm in the floor doing push-ups right right now. Is that is that is that what you were doing? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing them right right now. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to get I'm trying to get right right now. Hey, so. go back to 2013, 2014 and watch just Diana walk across the uh the floor there in the um in the Supercross races and learn from her, okay? Oh, I'm ready. I'm working on my hip flex right now to get a little pop in my step. Bow, uh, oh bow. my gosh, I tell you what. Hey, you come in with some heels? Oh man, I'm telling you, bro. That's going to be that's going to be a fun weekend, that's for sure. But I tell you what, I appreciate Brian Smith from Lake Sugar Tree Motorsports Park there in beautiful Axton, Virginia, calling calling in to this episode. And man, he's a he's a good guy and known him for a really long time. And he likes to get loose. Don't let don't let anybody fool you. He likes to get loose himself. So I'm sure that uh this weekend will be a blast. And I'm sure all of you guys that are listening, racers, riders, spectators, families, you guys are really gonna enjoy this weekend down there in Axton, Virginia for the 21st annual Halloween bash. And, uh, yeah, man, what a good conversation with uh, with Ryan and what he does to support the locals. And, you know, he had a good point there, Heavy D. Maybe maybe for next year we throw it to Thad and Camille and them and see if we can raise a little bit of money for not just the pros, but maybe take the $10,000 and split that up between the guys and then maybe throw the other 10000 at the uh, other classes. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we try and do something, you know. We make it even bigger, get some more of those guys out there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, try to grow it, grow it a little bit and, you know, put a little bit back into the local scene and uh, the riders that come out. And I was actually looking at some of the champions uh, from the NCMX series and, um, you know, the riders that go to every single event or go to more than 10, you know, so that they're in the title fight, you know, they, uh, they deserve something there towards the end. So if we have, uh, the final race at Silver Valley again next year, should try something like that. Maybe, uh, maybe that will bring out some, uh, some more people and, and, uh, have a bigger event for sure. Not saying that that will be, you know, what happens, but it is a option to throw out there for sure. Oh yeah. A hundred percent, you know. You can always do something to improve, you know, get more riders out and do something to, so they can have some fun, you know. It's always something, so we'll definitely uh, have to pitch that out there for sure. Absolutely. The uh, 21st annual Halloween Bash this weekend, of course, we just spoke to Ryan Smith. And, man, I tell you what, guys, you guys got to get out there and go to some local races. You heard from two top professionals, one, uh, you know, a 2018 Arena Cross champion, top professional and you also heard from ryan smith he's a professional in his own and he says there's nothing like local racing that's where you hone your skills that's where you get your race craft from and tell you what you take those three months and not getting gate drops and sure enough you have the pressure on you and all of this you know it's going to be a tough road arm pump starts to set in and 
and uh, you know you might not have the stamina that you thought you did, and all of that. So get out to these local races next year, and even some of these uh, indoor races that are going to be happening here soon within the uh, area. Try to try to hit some of those, and yeah, just support the local scene, man. They were there for you in the beginning, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be with you throughout your entire career. So go and have some fun, hang out with your family and have fun with all of your competitors and man it's a family sport and it's a family atmosphere huh heavy d oh absolutely and you know this that's where i've met some of my, you know my best my most bestest i'm gonna say it ain't even a word but bestest is friends there you go <laughs> yeah that's right and dude i tell you i love it it's like heck i wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for moto i would have never met ryan if it wasn't for moto like jake you know henry like so many others, Dad, like, even a bunch of local tracks, you know, I made created a bunch of great relationships just from local racing within itself, you know. Yep. Not even just motocross, it's just uh, the local scene. So, I mean, hey, you, you never know what you come across. You come across lifelong friends where, hey, and years later, you may need something. You never, you never think about, and, hey, somebody you met in motocross can help you out with that. Absolutely, and I'm telling you, man, you know, all of my friends are at the racetrack. Like, when I was in high school, I was called the dirt bike kid. Nicole con contested that. It's one of those things, man, where people just don't understand. And the people that are in it, they understand you. Like, they, they really do. They they understand you. They know what the life's about. And that's where your bestest is friends, Heavy D. We're going to put that in the dictionary, in the Urban Dictionary, and say Heavy D bestest. created. There you go. Bestest uh, friends come from, for sure. So go and support your local series races wherever you guys are at for sure and uh final topic of the night heavy d we got some professional news that dropped some press releases that dropped and of course that enzo lopes the star racing has officially dropped and he talked about it on steve uh steve mathis's uh podcast on the racer x podcast or the fly racing podcast whichever one it was he talked to him, and yeah, he had a buyout clause, and Lucas Myrtle hurt, uh, helped him out, so I'm sure Jake had a little bit to do with that, too, and um, yeah, man, they were able to get the buyout clause, and yeah, club's not really too stoked, but hey, man, if you get a chance to go to Star Racing, I mean, why not, right? Hey, <laughs> somebody is not invited to any more of the club open houses. No, no, that is for <laughs> sure. No, that is that is for sure, and you know, that, that entire time, he, he thanked them, and you know all of that but yeah i'm sure club is not stoked but that official news dropped and also preston base flew to bar x suzuki for his uh pro debut in supercross and uh he is on that bar x suzuki team for next year so he'll be a pro in uh in his rookie debut for supercross he is going to that bar x suzuki team so be on the lookout for that and last but not least heavy d we got a new manufacturer coming into play we got ducati announced their plan for 2024 with racing in the italian motocross championship with and uh with tony caroli as their test rider for the project so after a lifelong it seems uh of time with ktm tony caroli is now going to ducati to be their test rider for the project there in motocross and their bike and all of that and uh, Alessandro Lapino will be their rider and test rider for the Italian Motocross Championship next year. So be on the lookout, man. I tell you what, these all these new manufacturers, I tweeted it today. 
that all of these manufacturers that are coming into play and, and investing their time and their money and their resources into moto, it's only going to grow the sport, Heavy D. Oh, 100%. You know, and well, I think it's cool they're all trying to get in, involved in this and, you know, give more options, you know. And it's good. And in the long run, I think it's going to help with a lot of guys being able to get rides, you know. Right. Because it's, they're spreading out and spreading the field. That's what's good about it. No, that's awesome. And, yeah, it's going to be really good with Beta, Triumph, and Ducati coming in. Beta's coming in for next year and so is triumph there towards the motocross season and then uh then yeah expect ducati to come in shortly afterwards so we're gonna have three brand new fact uh factory rigs out there and so yeah it's uh awesome to see that these motorcycle manufacturers are getting into the motocross scene beta's already been there uh for a little bit of time now over there in the mxgp series but now they're moving into the professional supercross and motocross with of course colt nichols and benny bloss going to be on the team for next year so it's going to be an awesome year and uh heavy d will have to get ready for our supercross previews come december time and uh and man i can't wait for anaheim one and the gate needs a drop already dude anaheim one is going to be insane oh it is for sure but i tell you what that is it for this episode number 30 here on the Imperative MX podcast, where we spoke about local motocross racing from this past weekend and upcoming races to look forward to. We spoke with local North Carolina native Jacob Hayes about his win this past weekend at Silver Valley, work, working now in the industry, his background, local racing, of course, and much more. Then we had Lake Sugar Tree Motorsports Park, Ryan Smith, call in to speak about this come this upcoming halloween bash what goes into this event track changes his background and much more from both guests here on this episode number 30 of the imperative mx podcast and finally we wrapped up this episode with some professional news that dropped this week and of course we got into so much more here on this episode and we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board because this podcast would not be possible without them West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, the local national, Hydropower, Mika Metals, Total Control Racing Suspension, and PR Motorsports. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode here on the Imperative MX Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, YouTube. Find our other episodes with awesome guests and more local scene podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google Playlist, or wherever you find your podcast. Check out ImperativeMX.com when you can and post on the forums. From myself, Zach Newberry, and co-host Heavy D, we're out. See you next week. Hey. Later.